But will it make the collapse easier? Oh, yeah. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, September 6, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 441. This is No Agenda. Wearing nowhere near as much makeup as Bill Clinton. Right here in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I'm not wearing any makeup at all. In fact, I just got up. I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> it's Craig Bottom Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> you know, I think we entirely forgot to send the bat signal, the tweet, to let everybody know that we're on the air. Oh. And we wonder why donations are down. We can do well. Donations are <laughs> off because They're it was off. a holiday week. Oh, that, Every time oh, we have a oh, holiday, it like kills us. That's right. why, why do we even bother showing up? That's what I say. <laughs> because we enjoy it. So, I, you know, it's weird because it was a sh- it was a weird short week because I uh, my birthday was on Labor Day. Oh, that's right. Happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. My you know my mother was in labor on Labor Day. How about them apples? Wow. Yeah. It's like hello, Mrs. Curry. Yeah, you tweeted. I see it right I here. I just tweeted now. Yeah. Very tweet. Looks like it's a boy, you, Mrs. Curry. You grinding there with this is sound effects. Looks like it's a boy, Mrs. Curry. Yes. Hold on a second. Yep, he's a healthy boy. <laughs> Pop. <laughs> that was an actual drill sound effect from a drill. That's how, that's how we roll here. I just want more gadgets around. More gadgets oh. that are real. And do real stuff. Hey, straight to it, John. Big breaking news. It could not be more coincidental. Okay. Uh, I hope you heard about it. Woo-hoo! Philadelphia to Dallas flight. U.S. Airway returns to airport because... Why because? Why? FBI received an anonymous tip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. An anonymous tip that... Uh, Someone had liquid explosives on board. <laughs> liquid explosives. Now, this is very specific, the liquid explosives, because uh, for the past week, there's been a lot of talk. And in fact, I think Blogger Pob over there at the TSA blog has responded about it, that the TSA is now at the gate uh, dipping litmus paper into your drinks to make sure it's not going to explode on the plane. Have you seen? You can't these? bring the drinks on the plane in the first place. No, no, no. It's after security. Okay, you are oh. sitting at the gate. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You wait, purchased wait. your coffee from Starbucks. I kid you not. Wait a minute. I how am I? Okay. So you're sitting there with your bottled water, which you purchase after security. Okay, at the store. You know that eight bottle, eight dollar bottle of water, or maybe your Starbucks, or maybe a milkshake. And two, and this video of this, two TSA team members will come up to you and say, hey, you know, we're testing. We need to test your drink. And they'll stick a little stick in there and see if it changes color, see if your drink is going to explode. <laughs> and now, you know, and now, of course, they you should know, do a test for acidity on those Starbucks yeah, coffees. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Holy crap. You're going to ruin your gut drinking this stuff, buddy. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, people are starting to see this and complain about it and became a story. And then today, all of a sudden, all oh, yeah. of a sudden we have, oh, boy, big scare, liquid explosives. Oh, my so goodness. Did they find someone with liquid explosives on that plane? No, it turns out it was a hoax. I'm sorry, what? It was a hoax? 
hoax. Uh, yeah, apparently. The, well, I'm reading. So anyone could call up any, you know, so now. Yep. Yeah, okay. you can just call up. So they're up. encouraging hoaxes is what you're telling me. It's, uh, by, by making this a news story. I'm telling you, I'm going to find the, uh, this is from, hold on. I shall tell you exactly what it is. Breaking news. And specifically, the hoaxer Here said is. liquid explosive. Yes. Which coincidentally was what they've been <laughs> testing for. <laughs> I mean, this so is. The hoax, so the hoaxer works for TSA. That's the only thing I can conclude. I think not. You think? Here, Fishlon Philadelphia security scare, colon, all indications this was hoax. Pretty nasty trick played on passenger. Mm hmm. Sure. Sure. That's from NBC Philadelphia, who are uh, saying it's uh, apparently a hoax. We have no idea, of course, what's true or not, what's not true. Uh, but uh, the 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 timing of this is uncanny. I had it in my list. I'm like, oh, I got to talk about these TSA boneheads or co- you know. Um, I was, uh, it was uh, oh yeah, here's. Um, so had- while you're looking at that, let me just give my anecdote because I flew from Oakland to Burbank mm-hmm. uh, last week oh. or the week whenever it was. Right. Oh, you were in Los Angeles, right? Land- Los Angeles. Yeah, for the Hookers and Blow convention. <laughs> It was a huge convention. It was <laughs> lines around the block. I tell you, yeah, lines, lines, lots of lines. Yeah. So, um, yes. I got it at Oakland. They warned you. Said they, 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 they were standing in the line. You know, the cattle line with yeah. the number A one through fifteen, one through thirty, whatever oh, it you're, says. You're doing JetBlue. No, I'm no, sorry, this is uh, Southwest. Southwest, Southwest, yeah. So, yeah. My, so favorite airline. Airline. my favorite airline. And by the way, yeah. by the way, you know, in the olden days, mm-hmm. they before they had this this thing where they have A, 1 through 30, you know, mm-hmm. B, 1 through 30, yeah. whatever. Yeah. They used to have just, you know, a big kind of a gate that said A and one that said B and one that said C, and people would line up on the thing. No, I like I like the Southwest system much, That's much better. That's what I'm better. talking, I'm talking yeah. about, Southwest. But the, Southwest is the only one that does it. Everyone no, up? but originally, before they came up with this numbering thing... Didn't they have colors on Southwest? Like you had a red or a No, blue? no, there was an A and a B and a C. Oh, okay. And they had three right. separate little opening holes that said A, B, and C on them, and people would line up on the on the A. They'd line up there yeah, like, hours before. Yeah, like sheep ready for the slaughter. So they would line up and stand there for like an hour because yeah. you wanted to get a better seat. Mm-hmm. You, there's no way of doing it other any other way. It would, it would clog up the aisles. Yeah, it was a disaster. It's horrible. For the and this is the most sophisticated. It's sophisticated. Yeah. Now, here's the thing that gets me. Now they have a thing where it's A1 through 3. You have to stand. You're, you're supposed to make your own. Or you stand in order of the ticket that you got. You, yeah. you get your yeah. boarding pass. Yeah, which is kind of So like why that. do some old timers still go up about an hour ahead of time and stand there like idiots? Uh, you know, if I were you, I wouldn't question it because you're only five years away from doing that yourself, bro. I remember when <laughs> I had to stand. <laughs> is it my turn yet? Wait, and while we're on the topic, while on the topic, I, so I go to Monterey Foods and there was some woman comes in with a, you know, a pile of Trader Joe bags because she can't use the paper bags. She doesn't want to ruin the environment and, and yeah, all mankind. I know you. That's the L.A. is, so is over. So they bring right? the yeah. ba- these dirty old bags that are just <laughs> filthy. And there's stuff and shit in the them, vinyl. and there's tomatoes at the bottom are leaking out the bottom of the bag, and it's, they're dripping, and she's looking for her pennies at the bottom of her now, wallet. Wait a minute. This, this was in the airport? Or this was, <laughs> I changed the subject. Now you're, okay. You're in okay, Los Angeles? Back to the airport story. So I go in there, and so they, they have an announcement. 
Ladies and gentlemen, TSA uh, will be doing random spot checks on all passengers. Ladies and gentlemen, just to let you know, for your security, TSA will be doing some random spot checks at the gate. You recognize them by their uniform, which of course means they have not taken an oath for the Constitution. Please, nothing to fear. Carry on. That's exactly it. So, uh, so they're pulling. So, what you do is, of course, you try to zoom by without making eye contact. No eye contact. Don't look at them. Don't, don't look at the TSA. <laughs> it's like, like baboons. Do not look a baboon in the eyes in the wild. So it's the same thing. Just assume the TSA is a bunch of baboons. baboons. Wait a minute. I just want to get this straight. When I'm in the jungle, if I see a baboon, do not look him in the eye. That's what you're telling me. I'm telling you, yes. That is that is a handy tip. It is a handy tip. Okay. So anyway, same thing with TSA. So you don't look him in the eyes and you zoom by. I got by, but they stopped a bunch of people at random, mostly Mexicans, it oh, seemed to me. Gee. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know what the yeah. deal is. He's, you know, there's just a, let's hire more people, you know. Give well, them, I have to say uh, that, um, I, you know, because of course this hasn't happened to me yet. And I did uh, speak to someone uh, Sunday. She says, this came up in conversation. We were hanging out somewhere. And, uh, you know, it's a nice uh, middle-aged woman, you know, she's kind of cute looking. She says, you know, I'm, I, it's happened to me so many times because she flies a lot. I'm at the at the gate. TSA comes up. They want to look at my bag. And she says, they they put like a gun in my bag. It looks like a gun. And they they zap it. And it's like a light flash or something, which I've never heard of. I said, well, and you didn't ask what that was? I said, no, no, no. I said, jeez. And now i got to tell her not to look the baboon in the eye. What? Yeah, that's, I've never heard of this. She says it happened a couple of times. They come up, they say, open up your handbag or your hand luggage. They stick what she calls is like a gun. So I guess it, you know, it can be like a, I guess it has a grip. Maybe it's like a supermarket scanner. I don't know what it is. And they stick it in the bag and it flashes and then that's it. And they look at something and they look at some meter and then that's it. I've never heard of this. I say, I, you know, you've got to find out what this is. I've never heard of this either. I've never seen this this process. Yeah, I, I neither have I. But it, it wouldn't surprise me that they just have. You know, it, maybe it is just some TSA with a supermarket scanner, just like oh, watch this. <laughs> watch these idiots go for this one. <laughs> this is really funny. Oh well, you got a beep 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 alert. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so but you know, I, I, I'm uh, I'm not quite sure what to do. You know, we're an opt out family. And so now, if you know, if I'm if I just bought a coffee, and someone comes up and wants to stick something in it, I I, I don't think I'm going well, to be very cooperative. Especially depending on whether they want to stick in it. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just going to throw it in the trash and say stick it in there. Yeah, I'm not going to cooperate with that. That's bull crap. Well, here's the problem I have. Hmm. Just at the top of my head, I don't know what these what these little testing strips have in them, but it could be toxic. It could be all kinds of crap. Yeah. No, Are you poisoning my coffee for a reason? <laughs> Let me just see. Uh, blogger Bob TSA drink test. I, I, I saw a, um, there was a, here we go. TSA blogger Bob, random testing of liquids at departure gates. Okay, here we go. This is blogger Bob. So they're assuming that somehow someone's going to smuggle some liquids into one of the restaurants. And then you're going to take that liquid in a, in a very complex scheme. Yeah, smuggling it in, exactly. And you're going to smuggle this liquid explosive, whatever uh-huh, that might uh-huh, be, uh-huh, uh-huh. and onto the plane and blow it up. 
Oh, yeah, that's the idea. Well, they, they, they brought a whole... Here it is. Oh, no. They simply... Okay. As far as the testing of liquids at the gate, this is just one of the many options we have to choose from when deciding what additional tactics to use each day. Like, you know, grabbing your penis or, or putting, you know, testing your drink. We started using test strips back in the summer of 2007 and continue to do so. Wow, never heard of this. The test involves a test strip and a dropper containing a non-toxic solution. In case you're wondering, our officers don't place the test strips in your beverage or liquids. They simply have the passenger remove the cap or lid. They hold the strip over the opening of the container. What? What? (laughs) Oh, I see what they're trying to go for. Okay, that's, that's a possibility that could work. Procedures call for moving the test strip to the side and applying the solution from the dropper to the test strip. Oh, I see what they're saying. Okay. So what That's are they saying? They, yeah, that, then they, you can't accuse them of poisoning you. So uh, what are they doing with the dropper? They're sticking the drop. Oh, they could be poisoned. Oh, so they just get to see if there's any vapor that comes off and then they, I, they drop. It's stupid. It's bo- you know, I'm going to pour it on their feet. Here, here stick, your, stick your litmus paper in there. Do you trust your drop? Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. That's what I'm going to do. Oh. You could freak out and then, yeah, freak out and, and fly, do one of those things where you, you, you jump when they come up to you and the coffee goes flying into the air. You scared me. You scared me. You scared me, lady. And then, and then I just do a. Nothing wrong with me, lady. Nothing wrong with me. Jump. Jump. <laughs> just jump. You should be jumpy when <laughs> just, you're going. I'm just, I'm sorry. I have Tourette's. You gave me an immediate Tourette's uh, Yeah, attack. you actually do have Tourette's. Yeah. It's possible you can get away with this. Uh, when you're in the, you, they probably only have you locked up for a day or two. Well, I, I tell you, we got a, did you see that note from uh, our doctor friend? Uh, about the uh, Hal doll that we were talking about, which I, apparently I can get for, uh, uh, for my, it's for Tourette's. Yeah. The, so and so instead of having, that would make for an interesting show. <laughs> well, this is what I was talking what? to him about. <laughs> so I was thinking instead of you know in, instead of uh, first of all instead of Tourette's I can have my tongue you know wiggling in and out of my mouth, hanging out and wiggling which, around a small worm-like movement, which I think is quite an improvement over uh, over my normal twitches. So so Doctor Jeff, check it out. Doctor, did you see this? Did he send this to you, Doctor Jeff? I, I don't remember. Okay, uh, guys, in reference to your Haldol drug reference on the last show, I thought you would like to know a common medical term for medical restraint is known as B fifty two. It is a combination, uh, presumably in reference to the B-52 bomber. It is a combination of Haldol, Ativan, and Benadryl. And it's uh, he actually sent me a link to the chemical restraint um, uh, webpage. He says, please note, as an ER doctor, I occasionally use Haldol in full-on psychotic, when a full-on psychotic is tearing down the whole department and I can't <laughs> use a taser. But, but more commonly, wow, I use Geodon. Geodon? Have you ever heard of that? Which no. is a similar medication that possesses a less bad side effect profile. Haldol can be found in a long-acting or short-acting form. Many of the egregious side effects are in the long-acting form. I enjoyed John's reading of the list of side effects. Hilarious. What a great drug. Come to think of it, that sounds like a new segment for you guys. And I wrote him back. I said, I have a better idea. Why don't... 
each time we talk about one of these drugs, why don't I try it? And then we'll discuss it on the show. <laughs> I won't try it on the show. I mean, I already tried the Adderall. Okay, so now we know what that is. You know, I think we should try each of these drugs and see if I have any of these great side effects. Now that I'm not smoking, I'm looking for some thrill. I'm looking for an adventure here. <laughs> I want to see the tongue hanging out. That's my favorite side Hell effect. Hell no. Can someone and please? And there's small worm-like movement. <laughs> Would someone please um, send me some Hell Are you doll? hitting on me? <laughs> Apparently in the South, I was told this by some woman who used to live in Georgia. She yeah. says, but she was from someplace else, and she says yeah. apparently the way she says she's always driving around, and some guy in his pickup truck would hit on her by staring at her out the window and wiggling his tongue around. Oh, that's so sexy! And and the thing it reminded me of the scene, it which is which is the same theory that was in Scarface. With El Pacino. You're right. You're right. Say hello to my little, little friend. friend. Yeah. He uh, said that's how you pick up women. He told his buddy that <laughs> at the early part of the movie. Yeah, I've tried that one. It works real great. <laughs> All right. Hey, should we thank our uh, producers um, before we move on? We, we were, I thought we were a little late on thanking them. On uh, Sunday. Oh, yeah, I think we dragged, dragged it along. Dragged it along, yeah. yeah. Let's so, do the, get the uh, executive producers it, out of the way. Yeah. We've got... Uh, uh, Kobe Hung, who came in at four hundred forty-one dollars and uh, becomes the executive uh, producer. Uh, I've been a long-time boner. It's about time I cough up some contributions to you guys. I'm donating to become an executive producer for show four four one, which is what the show is. Hey, and, 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 and it'll be four four one uh, club member exclusive. Yep, exclusive member of the four forty-one. Which is a good number. Although I do not subscribe to Adam's out of this world views on issues like the moon landing and Stargate. I'm a huge fan of both your analysis on the pipelines and the Arab Spring, among many other media assassination analysis. But say what you will about Adam and his crackpot theories. They're usually the most entertaining parts of the show. Really? 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 <laughs> I think so. I can fully relate to Adam's point about how people have sunken so low that any discussion will ultimately result in a name-calling match. I've been branded a Republican for pointing out <laughs> flaws in Obama's yeah. policies. Yeah. And receive similar treat. By the way, and the and the Democrats are the ones that are always complaining about this. Yeah, and receive similar treatments from both ends of the political spectrum. Mind you, when discussing local politics in Hong Kong, the discussion or the decision of whether I can keep my job will be made over the coming weekend. Oh so my I can, goodness! I have to come to beg for some much needed. Tapu ching ching. From Huntsman, not a great question, Karma. Ooh, wow. Keep propagating the formula. Uh, not a great question. Um, okay, okay, okay. All right. Wow, and Karma to boot. All right. Well, this seems important because we want to make sure that he keeps his gig. So um, here we go. Great question. That's not a great question. You've got Karma. And tight, I might add. That was good. Yeah. Alexander, and that was Kobe Hung. Thank you, Kobe. Uh, and he can report in once in a while with some stuff he sees over there. A lot of action in Hong Kong. Yeah. Alexander uh, uh, Selzenov. Sir Alexander. Selesnyov. Selesnyov, exactly. Sir Alexander Selesnyov in Espoo. Uh, 34567. Oh, wow. Please accept this donation as a present for your birthday and as a late wedding gift. Please give yourselves with Mickey without an E a shot of karma. If you wish, you can include all the show supporters to be covered by this karma shot. 
My wish is that you continue doing what you do best, carrying the best podcast in the universe with JCD. Thanks in advance. No, oh, thank you very much, Alexander. Three, four, five, six, seven. A nice row of numbers. You've got karma. And then we have one associate executive producer without comment, Alec Andrew Wilson in Melbourne, uh, Victoria. I wonder what, if anyone will ever do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One. Let's see what that looks like. <laughs> I can tell you what it looks like. It, $12,000. It, it looks like our year is what it's looking like. <laughs> That's the way it's going. It's about our year. Okay. Yeah. So I want to thank them. And, uh, of course, we have other people to thank later in the show. Uh, I want to yeah. remind you to go to Dvorak.org slash NA. That's Dvorak.org slash NA. Channel Dvorak.com slash NA. Also, the NoAgendaShow.com and uh, NoAgendaNation.com have buttons you can click on and you can go to a, yeah. a uh, click on donation them. Just page. Click on them. They'll do something. Click uh, on them. Thanks to uh, Martin JJ for uh, the artwork on episode 440. We appreciate uh, everything that uh, our artists do for us. And uh, a PR mention here. Uh, it's just kind of nice. Uh, uh, one of our producers who uh, has dailyskew.com, which I think is that site has been around for a long time, uh, dailyskew.com. He started something new. It's called What I Learned on No Agenda. And, uh, yeah, so he's, uh, so, so here's a, I just picked one, uh, episode 439, What I Learned on No Agenda. If you quit smoking, your eyes might go blurry. Uh, <laughs> no, he's the, picking up on the really important stuff. The New York Times uh, does not like Paul Ryan. Bad cover photo. Now, these are good, these are good things. These are all good things. Um, SEAL team book about Osama Capture, the guy who killed bin Laden had already died in a helicopter crash. I mean, these, this is actually basically the cliff notes of the show. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, Adam in hot water for denying moon landing. <laughs> you have to have an approved opinion when society turns fascist. Fascist. I mean, this is this is good stuff. This is good stuff. So anyway, uh, that's uh, DailySkew.com. And uh, again, we thank our uh, executive producers, uh, Kobe Alexander, and our associate executive producer, Andrew Wilson. We can name them all by name. That's how it went uh, for this episode. Um, for uh, supporting the best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A Of course, even though there is a holiday weekend, you probably were out there propagating our formula, right? Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. just like to say in the morning to you john c dvorak well in the morning to you adam curry in the morning to all ships at sea boots on the ground and in the morning to all subs in the water and in the morning to the knights of the no agenda round table that's right and all of our uh Producers who are in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net, all charged up, ready to go. Uh, vacation, holiday or not, they're here. Isn't this whole summer thing almost over? Isn't it time that everyone it's starts done. getting everyone back? Everyone's back to school. It's through. It's done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, we, got, we got one lousy hot pocket tour out of the whole thing and yeah. lost money on the deal. You're going to have to um, uh, unplug your mic. Uh, oh. Yeah. You went kind of... Uh, Kind of helium on me. So while you're doing, uh, hello, 
Testing one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, there you go. Testing one, two, three, so, four, five. So, yeah, that's good. You're back. Testing one, two, yeah. three, four, five. Do you hear me? Testing one, two, three, four, five. Took that. Hello? Yeah, I hear you. Hello? So, hello? Uh, yeah, hello. <laughs> hello, I hear you. Hello? Hello? Hello, can you hear me, John? Hey. Oh. You almost, hello? Yeah, hello? yeah. <laughs> I hear you. How come you don't hear me? You must have screwed something up. Ah, Jesus. No, I can, you were bro- breaking up. Oh, okay. Well, I've been hearing you the whole time. Oh, so I'm just going, hello, hello? It, rather annoyingly so, yes. <laughs> well, that's better than saying CQ, CQ, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just, you should do that next time. CQDX, CQDX. Anyone out there? Any, anyone have their ears on? Oh, hold on. Do not have their ears on? Um, hey. Here's what here's what I learned from No Agenda. Since, hello, hello. <laughs> Go on. Since Sunday, a disproportionate amount of our listeners either likes, brews, or certainly drinks beer. Yeah, we got a lot of beer information. And the, the information goes as uh, – let me summarize. Yeah, go back to where the whole conversation came from. The whole from. conversation was the White House said something about, oh, uh, you know, the Obama's a beer drinker. No, no. I'm sorry. It was a we the people, you know, when we're asking about legalizing marijuana or, you know, why the TSA is doing all these horrible things, that gets taken down off of WhiteHouse.gov. But when people ask about the beer recipe, uh, then, of course, we get an answer. So they give us a recipe for crap beer, essentially, <laughs> yeah. and and as Amateur. though the White House is drinking this junk, <laughs> and so uh, we condemned it, and also brought this notion about the use of the word corn sugar, which apparently is kosher, and um, and so a bunch of our beer brewers out there said, oh, you know, it's a pretty good. F- I mean, it is a real formula for making beer for amateurs who are yeah. starting out. Yeah, if, exactly. Well, if I thought we had a brewmeister brew. in the White House. Was he starting out? Was he? No, no, he's no. Not a, is he just a phony Did like you everybody see, else have in you that seen White the, House? Have you seen the video? No. Oh, there's a whole video. It's like oh. five minutes. The guy's no brewmeister. He's like the he's like the guy who's flipping burgers in the back. He's like, yeah, I mean, he gets a bucket and then yeah, it, it takes it down to the closet, puts it in some closet, <laughs> God, in a big pail, and then brings it back. And no, it's, it's com- completely. You got to see the video. It's in, it's in the last uh, last episode show notes. No good. And by the way, and uh, so a lot of people sent me all kinds of interesting stuff. Um. There's a website here, ffbeers.com, which gives you measurements of uh, how much fluoride is in your beer. <laughs> yeah. I yeah had, perfect for you. I have, well, <laughs> This is a perfect thing for you. Send it, Adam more links like that. <laughs> well, you'd be amazed. Uh, what is your favorite beer, John? Uh, I would say that if I was going to pick a beer, I would uh, just, you know, was at a bar, I'd probably pick uh, Lagunitas IPA. Lagunitas. Uh, Lagunitas is probably the best brewer in the West Coast. How do you spell that? Lagunitas, L-A-G-U-N-I-T-A-S. I didn't test that one. Hmm, crap. I didn't test that one. Uh, I got Budweiser. I bet you do. Bell's Pale Budweiser. Ale. Yeah, but all of them have, um, I don't know, is nine, nine, uh, point nine parts per million? Is that a lot? That depends on the. There's some chemicals that'll kill you. Well, fluoride. It's fluoride. 
I don't know. I don't know what the what the. Uh, let me get the Merck book out. Where is it? Where's the Merck? I Merck. Don't know. So there's uh, here it is in uh, actually that's Summit Brewery Company, Great Northern Porter, has a zero point nine parts per million fluoride. Um, Sam Adams, lots of people drink that. Let me see. Oh, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Pabst. Zero point four parts per million. That is the uh, hipster's beer of choice. Exactly. And I usually drink a Bud because um, I'm super superstitious You're, you're living way. in Texas. You should be drinking mm-hmm. Buds. No. Shinerbach. No. Shinerbach, exactly. And what did I have the other day? I had like a Fire Engine Brewing Company, but that's like a local beer. That's not going to be on this list. Like Fire Engine number five or something. Hmm. So one of our uh, listeners wanted us to talk about the Quebec situation. Yeah, but I want you to find out what's dangerous. Do you have the Merck thing or not? No, I don't have it handy. I have to go scrounging around the house for it. All right, all right. Doesn't sound good to me. Stop drinking beer. Drink wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Quebec situation. You mean the false flag? Is that what you're talking about? I don't think it was a false flag. False flag for what? I don't, What's the hope to accomplish? What's the what? What is the the, the false flag that implies that there is some policy that needs to be implemented? What needs to be implemented? It was not obvious uh, that this nut was actually shooting an actual gun. Well, they did show the the gun in one of the reports. I saw it. It's a rifle, actually. Yeah, but it looked like an air rifle. It could have been. Did um, yeah? I have the. Uh, Somebody said they heard the loud boom. Um. Somebody said they did. I got a couple of reports so we can play that we get this okay. out of the way. Well, I, well, I, I didn't I think it was just it. A, nut, a isolated nutcase. Now, the most interesting I have is Quebec by Russia Today. They had a, their own little look at it. Mm-hmm. And Russia Today has become a really good in, uh, point of information from a propagandistic perspective. <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah. Now, at the time the shots were heard, Pauline Macroix was telling a crowd of supporters that Quebec needs to become a sovereign country. Independent journalist Robert Harnais says uh, the uh, rift between English and French Canada, it's uh, only growing wider. It would be nice to believe that the man's just a lunatic. Uh, it's pretty clear it is. he may be a lunatic, but it is motivated by the divisions in Canada. One has to remember that the divisions go both ways. Uh, uh, because the English Canadians under the British Empire always ruled the roost, the French Canadians began to become very bitter about this. And inevitably, over time, that, that has caused many problems, and they want autonomy. Um, and uh, I, I think that... Uh, it is going to uh, revive passions, if that's the right way to put it. That's putting it perhaps a little bit emotionally, but it, it, obviously it will. And, and some English Canadians feel very strongly about this, I know, as, of course, do some French Canadians. Well, I don't think the... Uh, so with the false flag, I mean, I think that this was meant to spark some kind of uh, revolt between the English and French speakers, who really do hate each other, it appears. Well, this is exaggerated, the RT report. Now, if you listen to the French station, French uh, 24, um, I have a clip of 24 on French separatism, and there's a little more realistic look at things. Polls have suggested most Quebec residents show little interest in separating from the rest of Canada. Is this election likely to change things? Well, if you're talking about sovereignty separatism, don't hold your breath, Annette, because let's just go by past precedent. You're absolutely right. Parti Québécois, on the record, as a separatist, 
for a sovereign Quebec separate from the rest of Canada. That said, even the new premier of Quebec, Pauline Marois, is on the record as saying she will only hold a referendum when so-called. She would do it tomorrow morning, but only if the conditions are right. Okay, so now they go on and on and on about how this has been going on forever. and the rest of the, But there's one angle that they had on uh, French 24, mm-hmm. which nobody else had, which is the student angle. Mm. But also the economy, I'm sure, is playing a large part in all of this. And we remember those disruptive uh, student protests uh, that rocked Quebec earlier this year. Where have they all gone? Yeah, well, they haven't been on the streets. You're absolutely right. Although the students, surprisingly, they're sort of claiming victory right now uh, as a result of these elections. They are saying they are effectively the ones that brought down the liberals of uh, of Charest. And why did they do it? Because Charest had been actually pressing to raise the tuition fees. He called these elections, in a sense, calling the students bluff, saying, I bet most public opinion will be behind me on this issue uh, because public education is publicly financed. He ended up losing that bet. The Parti Québécois, the winner in this election, has said that they would not raise the fees. Now, it remains to be seen whether they'll be able to carry out that promise. For now, the students are standing by, watching, waiting warily. You're right, they're not on the streets for now, Annette, but I wouldn't rule it out. It could heat up again in the future, depending on where this tuition issue goes. Hmm. I think that what happened is this is a distraction from the fact that the students in Canada, especially in Quebec, mm-hmm. actually have some power and nobody wants to talk nobody about this as a possibility. It. Nobody wants to admit it. Good. That's a very good point. Because they were, I mean, it was big. And, of course, that was not covered anywhere, but it was really, really big. They, the, the world does not want the students, especially since most of them are unemployed and got nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't want them figuring out that they have some, some impact. And if this is what happened in Canada where they actually got an election right. to, to, to go their way, this is not something you want to publicize. And, in fact, I'm surprised I even ran into this little tidbit as soon as they said it. Ah. I'm buying that. I, I, I think that is a very uh, high. We'd have to know how the student uh, turnout was in voting. I, I, I'm going to presume that there was pretty high, that they really, uh, that they. You can get them to come out. They came out for Obama in uh, 2008 big time. Yeah. Well, uh, so, you know, that, of course, is the austerity in um, uh, in in Quebec. Uh, uh, charging the students more tuition. Nothing like what they've announced in, in Greece. Have you heard this? No, go. Uh, the Troika, uh, that would be the um, uh, the the EU High uh, uh, Starfleet Command, the European Central Bank, and the IMF, uh, have uh, they've said, look, um, we think everyone should uh, go to a six-day work week in Greece. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. It's, you know, the Greeks. Didn't we should, about a year when this began? Didn't we already find that the Greeks have the highest productivity yep, already correct. in yep. most of Europe? They work uh, approximately seven hundred and fifty hours more than any per year than any other European. They worked. They had the highest. They worked the most hours. For some reason, that just and that meme was slipped in there, and I'm not quite sure how it got in there. Uh, other than just disturb some crap. But Haiku Herman, um, he, uh, we haven't heard from him in a, in a while. He is the, uh, uh, the unelected president of the, of the entire uh, shebang there. And he came out and he had a, a, little, um, a little speech. And I, as I was listening to it, I'm like, wow. It's a complex crisis. We are talking about fiscal crisis, competitiveness crisis, banking crisis that overlap and sometimes mutually reinforce each other. 
sounds pretty F to me, Haiku. Unsurprisingly, this creates divergent readings of the root causes of the crisis. Oh, okay. So uh, do you want to have a little gander here, what the root cause of the crisis is, uh, what he's going to say? It, isn't it him? <laughs> yes, you are correct, John C. Dvorak. It is him. It is only him. If we can only get rid of that president, everything will be fine. Among political leaders and public opinions. Okay. Some blame reckless government spending, others careless lending by banks or failing supervision. Others still point at systemic flaws within the economic and monetary union. There is no single answer. Aha. <laughs> uh -huh. So maybe the whole plan was just bad to start with. Hmm. Just as there is no easy fix. Okay, now here it comes. And I want to see if you've ever heard this. To quote Einstein... It's the only thing I understand from Einstein, by the way. <laughs> For every... <laughs> oh, i got to roll it back. We, we, we stepped on his great quote. Okay, here we go. And by the way. For every problem, there is a solution that is clear and simple and wrong. Now, I looked this up. Um, that is not actually... Everywhere I looked, that quote is attributed to H.L. Mencken. It sounds like a Mencken-esque uh, quote. Yeah, it doesn't sound anything like Einstein. Einstein wasn't like Yogi Berra, you know, coming out with these one-liners, these zingers. So who was H.L. Uh, Mencken? H.L. Mencken was a very famous journalist uh, in the, I want to say the 30s, maybe the 20s. Whatever the case, he wrote up also, but he was a, a book writer and he did some fantastic books on, a, on American language. Mm -hmm. And he was very notorious for being a, a curmudgeon. I think it's a, but there's a huge difference uh, between quoting something from Einstein, as the haiku said there, uh, or H.L. Mencken, particularly if you're attributing the quote to Einstein. <laughs> I mean, this, I give you ten points on this one. I almost gave you clip of the day, but it seems premature. It's. Uh, I was just like, wow. In our case, there are several such clear, simple, and wrong solutions. <laughs> Let's hear some of your wrong solutions. For instance, just let Greece go from the eurozone, or just pump money unconditionally into the system. Or magically create a U.S. style federal state. I think we should try them all. What do you think, John? I, I think it's just go for all, all of the above. They should do a U.S. style federal state. Mm -hmm. There is also That's the problem. Mm -hmm. The obvious complexity of our own institutional setup. 17 or sometimes 27, <laughs> sometimes 25 <laughs> governments have to agree. The whole, I mean, I can't believe you know, it goes is he on. Doing stand up. What is the deal? He's basically saying you're screwed. We have no idea how we're going to fix it. That's what he's saying. I mean, it, literally, this is. It, it goes on for twenty more seconds. And to convince their own often lukewarm public opinions and parliaments. As a result, the speed of our decision making is not always up to expectations. They have no decisions to make. We are not a state. We are a union. And from the start, we have worked on two fronts. 
Combating the immediate crisis. Combating. And ensuring it never happens again. Okay. Well, good luck with that, Haiku Herman. So it seems like this is the week where we're, you know, for some reason, maybe he felt felt like, oh, there's too much attention on American politics. You know, let's let's do something messed up over here. I have such a list of bad things in Euroland right now. Um, well, first of all, the, the current uh, decommissioned Dutch prime minister, Mark Rutte, uh, you know, they have their elections on the 12th because the cabinet fell. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it looks like the Socialist Party is going to win big in this one, which is uh, quite a swing. And, of course, that's not going to work uh, for the pedophiles uh, of the Christian Democrats who run uh, the justice system. So someone, something's going to have to happen there. We can't have the, uh, uh, the Socialist Party winning. Uh, but he said, if I am reelected and I am, if we're, you know, if, if we're back in power and, uh, I am a uh, reelected prime minister. We will not give any more aid to Greece. Now he's just causing trouble. And, you know, that's a that's a pretty big statement to say for someone who's, you know, potentially could or could not be uh, back in power in one of the kind of important uh, sidelined, important uh, Eurozone countries. Yeah, no. I, 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 the funny thing is, there's a bunch of people saying that Greece will be kicked out. It seems almost. I mean, with this, you know, because they want two extra, uh, two extra years to pay off the debt, which is of course not really debt. It's money. It's that's a fake the, debt. They've been set up. Yeah, that's going to the banks, and they know it. Yeah. So you know, that's why the troika, the, literally the the elites, the IMF and the and the European Central Bank, they say, well, if you guys work for a six day. A week, we'll consider it. <laughs> That's just crazy. Well, the funny, That's the next crazy. step in this, of course, is, is the Spanish who are oh. smart enough as a yeah. as a people. Of course, when I was back there, if you remember, yeah. uh, in Madrid, hanging out with Garcia and the boys. When they robbed you. Uh, they already uh, <laughs> were on their way to taking all their money out of these, the, these banks. They don't trust the banks. So they've essentially, unbeknownst to the world uh, news media, the Spanish banks have been essentially drained of all their they have no yeah, money there's, there's been a, a, a virtual run on the bank yeah there's, and they've, they've run left. out of, they've completely all the banks are they, as far as i can tell there's no money in any you're in any spanish bank except you know fake money so in other words no real there's no real money so today there's a, a big meeting at the european central bank and today was the day when the ECB is supposed to say, you know, what they're going to do. So, we, you know, that's why Haiku Herman was out there. Oh, it's really hard. Uh, the choices are um, uh, buying up Spain and Italy's government bonds short term, which, I, you know, is basically, isn't that monetizing your day? Isn't that kind of what we do? Do we have the the patent on that? We've gotten it down. Yeah. The uh, fine art. <laughs> uh, but that's something that the ECB was never supposed to do. Right. And they said they never would do. Yeah, I think it's in the charter. But, of course, it's uh, they have the, uh, they can employ something called exceptional measures if, uh, if there's some kind of horrible problem. Um, so, you know, but if they have to do Spain and Italy, there's no way. There's not enough money in the bank, so to speak, I don't think, to, to actually do that. And then... Uh, France, meanwhile, is is being real quiet over there in the corner. Uh, but uh, Dexia, what is it? Uh, not Dexia. The um, what's the name of their uh, their mortgage lender? 
uh, yeah, CIF, Credit Immobilier de France. They were nationalized. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> That's isn't that something like the same as kind of like a bailout? Well, we actually, yeah. Well, we do that to our banks too. We nationalize banks constantly when we take them over. Usually, we we re- re- we nationalize them. I mean, it's not a, it's a it's a process. You mean through the FDIC? Is that uh, yeah? We grab yeah. the bank, we grab the right. bank, its assets, and then we reorganize the bank and then put it back into business, mm-hmm. uh, essentially. And mm-hmm. I think that's what they're doing. Right. Uh, but I can prove that Armageddon is upon us. I hate to say it. Is it raining frogs? Oh, oh no, almost as bad. So I'm watching CNBC. You know, I watch three three stations all the time. Uh, CNN, because they get the script and no one else gives a crap. And you can pull great clips no one's heard because no one watches. Uh, I'm always watching C-SPAN. One, two, or three, depending on what's going on. And CNBC, until they start rerunning, you know, how to make money with marijuana or whatever. Right, the marijuana special. It's either hookers or marijuana at night on the it's CNBC. Like how many times are we going to watch this marijuana special? Drug Nation or whatever it's called. And there's Maria Bartiromo, who, of course, is the original money honey. And, you know, and, and she's setting up to intro her next guest. And when her next guest came on, I knew that... Armageddon is upon us. Welcome back. She is a reality TV star who's become a household name. You've seen her face plastered in all the latest fashion magazines, tabloid magazines as well, from a messy and very public divorce to a very popular e-network show, Keeping Up with Kardashians. But now Kim Kardashian seems to be trying to remodel her image and is zeroing in on Wall Wall Street. She's become a major shareholder in a public company. A major shareholder in a public company, John. Kim oh, Kardashian. Brother. Oh, I, 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 turn it up. Called Boldface, which is a celebrity beauty licensing company. <laughs> yeah, please go look at uh, Boldface, which I think it's uh, it's a pink slip. It's trading for thirty seven cents. This is she's a major shareholder in a public company. The entire <laughs> What's m- the name of this again? Boldface. Hold on, I'll, I'll give it. Do you have the symbol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, B L B K. It's it's on the it's over the counter. Well, let's see what it's actually down yeah. today. I, I, I looked this morning; it was down upon. Yes, it's thirty six cents down ten percent on the great news that Kim Kardashian is now a major shareholder. Kim joins us now, along with Boldface CEO Nicole Astoya. And Kim, it's good to have you on the program. Thank, Thank you so much for, for joining me. us. Thanks Nicole, for thanks for so much Thank for joining you. us as well. Thank we should tell our audience that normally. No, it's not. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. It's not only not over the. It's not only just over the counter. It's OTCBB. What does that Which mean? Is, that's bulletin board. <laughs> it's a, it's a, the BB is like, it's like that a means, forum? hey, it's you a, got any of this stock? I don't know. Some guy posted he wants to sell 10 shares for three bucks. You want to buy it? I don't know. You have to call him. Oh, so you it's can't, the worst. You can't even trade it for like real? Yeah, yeah. No, you, you can trade it, but you have to go through the BB bulletin board system, which is like the low, one of the lowest of the lowest. It's almost a laughable stock exchange. It's really, uh, it's like, it's hard to, it's like, hey, it, it, here's what is exactly like this. I come up to you and, hey, hey, Adam. Yeah, yeah, what's can up, you break, Can you break a 20? <laughs> yeah, sure. What do you need? I need a couple of 10s or, or 10 and a bunch of ones. And that's our trade? We've just done it? That was yeah, it? yeah there's, that's a bulletin board trade. <laughs> I'm looking for, I'm looking at financials. They have no financial. They've reported nothing. This is total bull crap. This is like a Kanye. What is it? Who did that pump and dump scheme? Oh, Con- yeah. Was he didn't Kanye get busted West? for it. That's amazing to me. Yeah. So, so uh, both faces on Pico Boulevard, Suite A in Santa Monica. 
<laughs> Have they filed anything? I don't see any filing. Yeah, I got some stuff here. Uh, you got a filing? You got a filing? Uh, I'm looking for an AK or something like that. But if like you go that. to uh, their website, uh, they're, just, they're real serious. They've got uh, Mario Lopez. As a, <laughs> well, now that's money money in the bank. Okay, here's what, they, here's what their business is so far. Their revenue appears to be, okay, they've lost. But they lost uh, money? They've, what? They've lost $78,000. Oh, my gosh. On on no sales. <laughs> At, what is it, 4.43 in the afternoon. We do not see this kind of a crowd here at the New York Stock Exchange. But for some reason, a lot of traders stuck around. So thank you. Well, thank you, everyone. <laughs> thank you, everyone. So, uh, so that was bad. Right? I'm like, wow, there's nothing to talk about. I mean. What Maria Bartiromo should have done is, and here's Adam Curry. You probably heard of him. Uh, he was once uh, the uh, the man from Headbangers Ball. He now has uh, he co-hosts the best podcast in the universe with John C. Dvorak, and he accurately uh, predicted Facebook would be a seventeen dollar stock within five months. Welcome, Adam Curry. And you know we could have had a conversation. And no, instead she has Kim Kardashian, and then she asks Kim the following. And, and you know, it's interesting because retail has been so hot on Wall Street, actually. So as a, as a burgeoning businesswoman uh, that, that you are, what's your take on what She's people want? What's your take on right. the economy right now? What is your, Kim Kardashian? What, what is your are you take? kidding me? She's I mean, asking her, does a woman to, promoting a company that doesn't even sell anything and they have $78,000 in general administrative expenses and that's their the operating loss. So I guess they've taken some investment. So their net income is minus $2.1 million on no sales. And so she asked. So I'm looking at this. I'm she, looking at yes, this. Just yes, a, yes. And she asked this statement. burgeoning businesswoman about what she feels about the state of the economy. The state of the. She asked Kim Kardashian about the state of the economy. All I can think about is the state of her bootay. This is crazy. This is why Armageddon is upon us. This is Maria Bartiromo. I mean, she she talks to major CEOs. She's usually kind of tough, I have to say. You know, she knows her business. She I like her. How did she get wrangled into this crap? She got wrangled into it, by the way, by, by the same suits at General Electric, who know what they're kind of know what they're doing because they just, you know, besides having a buddy in the White House, Obama, apparently the Pentagon just gave General Electric one of the biggest contracts in the history of the world. And it's like no one's saying, hey, where's the conflict of interest here? This is a scam. Oh, because uh, the uh, Jeffrey Immelt is on the uh, the, the president's he's advisory he's, he's board. beer drinking buddies with Obama <laughs> and golfing. He's drinking that... Uh that shit beer that, that crab, they make the crab beer that they throw some honey in. Yeah, of course. Well, that's how it works. By the way, this is what I heard. Of course, we have to eventually get to the Democratic National Convention. Uh, this is what I heard consistently as the message um, is government and business working together. That is what we're all about. I'm like, government and business working together. Isn't that fascism? It's exactly that is, is fascism. Isn't that exactly not what you're supposed to have? Is is I mean, to me, it's like wow, I can't believe what I'm hearing. A lot of weird stuff, by the way. A lot of weird stuff happened. Um, like what? Well, uh, in the afternoon, because uh, you know this is a, this is a, the Democratic Party's like their big get together. 
and they have a platform. You know, the platform is here's what we stand for, and everyone has to vote on it and sign off on. It doesn't it? Doesn't matter because you know the people who think that they're part of the party are just you know peons. And so they had to add a, an amendment at the very last minute um, because uh, there was no reference to uh, uh, God. Yeah, they took. Well, they took. They was a reference to God. I know this story too because actually they discussed it ad nauseum on some of these talk shows. But they, yeah, God was referred to in the 2008 platform and it was just pulled out for some unknown reason. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and they wouldn't say why. And the other thing, of course, is that that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel was also in the 2008 platform. I don't know why that's even in the platform, but it was. And they pulled that out because Obama doesn't think that's true or it shouldn't be true or it's it's a it's a well no well and here's here's the interesting thing because it was put back in specifically at the request of the president. Yeah, that's what they say. Even though uh, we know that we've been following this, we've been, this has come up in uh, in in uh, the, the the daily press conference, and the, and no one will answer the question. Now, all of a sudden, it's really important uh, that uh, I guess we have to get the uh, the Jewish vote. But the thing that was just funny is that th- there was no clear majority, and and it was like it was so embarrassing. I, I'm sure you've seen the video by now of, of this vote. Uh, if not, I'd love to play you the audio because it's even better when you cannot hear the difference between the yeas and the nays. As yeah. the chair, I come before you today to discuss two important matters related to our party's national platform. As an ordained United Methodist minister. And by the way, you and I could have done this as uh, ordained a universal life church minister. We, yes, we could have. Yeah. I am here to attest and affirm that our faith and belief in God is central to the American story and informs the values we've expressed in our party's platform. In addition, President Obama recognizes Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and our party's platform should as well. Mr. Chairman, I have submitted my amendment in writing, and I believe it is being projected on the screen. Yeah, for like three three milliseconds. And by the way... Uh, there were a lot of um, Arab American Democrats. They were holding up signs, proud America, uh, Arab American Democrat. And they were voting against uh, Israel, uh, uh, Jerusalem being uh, recognized as the capital of Israel. And I presume this is because of the Palestine issue. Yeah. Right. So, but now listen to the vote. For the delegates to see. I move adoption of the amendment as submitted and shown to the delegates. A motion has been made. Is there a second? Is there any further discussion? Hearing none, the matter requires a two-thirds vote in the affirmative. Now, so two-thirds vote. So the the affirmative would have to be significantly, well, 30% louder. 33%, I might point out. 33% louder. All those delegates in favor say aye. All those delegates opposed, say no. <laughs> what do you That's think? like no to me. In the opinion of the... Oops. Let me do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, by the way, it's, I think it has to be twice as loud, not, not 33%. Because you have... If, it's two-thirds. It has to be two-thirds? If you think about the... Yeah, it has to be two-thirds oh, to one-third. Yeah, you're right. It has to be so twice. So two-thirds is twice as loud. So I'm me- two- twice as loud. I'm measuring this. Are my DB meters? Oh, actually, let me get the actual DB meter. Hold on, we can. I have this. 
No, it has to be twice as loud. It's not twice as loud. In fact, it's not even as loud. The nose have it. Uh, but the, but it has to be twice as loud. So the nose, I don't think the, the nose had it on the on the twice. No, as no, loud. to pass it has to be twice as loud. In other words, it didn't pass. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the VU meters here so we can listen again, and I'm going to measure it because they do it again. All of those delegates in favor say aye. Okay. All those delegates opposed say no. So not only is it, it is louder, the no's are, are louder on my VU meters. <laughs> and now the, the dude's like, dude, what am I doing? We're supposed to pass this crap. <laughs> and now, now some official with like a badge, you know, a, 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 like a star and an armband <laughs> comes on stage. I, um, uh, I guess... Do what they're do. You just let them do what they're going to do. Let them do what they're going to do. They're going to fight it out. Because we don't give a crap. Right, one more time, I'll then. do that one more time. All right, then. I'm going to measure. All those delegates in favor say... <laughs> By the way, here, I'm like, come on, say yeah! And he's going to and say no. You know, it's like, you know, kind of steering the crowd there. Say aye. All those delegates opposed say no. In the opinion of the chair, two-thirds have voted in the affirmative. The motion is adopted, and the platform has been amended, as shown on the screen. It's rigged. Thank you very much. It's rigged. You should be ashamed of yourself. And the thing was, Debbie Wasserman, Wasserman Schultz, who was the chairwoman of the Democratic National Committee, she immediately has been, she was on every single show, and I don't know, I mean, who decided to do her hair and makeup for the convention should literally be knifed. I mean, <laughs> she nice. looks like a raccoon. Her hair looks like a, a bird's nest. It's horrible. I mean, it, and particularly in the light last night, uh, the light was coming from above. She looked like freaking Frankenstein. <laughs> it was really, really anyway. Uh, so she's out there. This is a non-issue. And she's really, really, she has to play it down. It's very, very embarrassing. That, that And this is basically... Just the, uh, an anti-Israel, probably anti-Semitic party. I don't know what's going on, but it's like big, big elephant in the room, so to speak. It's a, it was a disaster, that whole episode. And by the way, it reminds me of something I heard later at the uh, on, I guess it was last night, which I, I clipped as the summary of the Democratic Convention. But, but for some reason, <laughs> it, guess. it harkens back to this moment. Let me guess. <laughs> I can't hear you. So I guess that is the summary of the convention. That's probably it. I can't hear you. Vote until you vote right, slaves. You're not doing it right. And then there was, um, and this is, it was, the whole thing is just very, very interesting. Did you see him taking down the flag? No, I didn't see there that. Was a, there was a moment, I was watching just the C-SPAN feeds, so it's a live feed. And by the way, down I, the I told this to JC as we were watching this last night, yeah. I think... That the uh, director of the pool, you know, that people have to realize that this is, this this is, is very, all pool. This is very good because I've been wondering about this myself. Yeah, go ahead. I think the director of the, because they use pool cameras and pool mics and everything, and all the other people just grab that feed because yeah. they, they can't allow to have everyone have their own cameras there right. like they used to back well, in the they, Well, they do have their own spot, and then, you know, so they get They have get a spot, their, but their they, have, they, they take yeah. from the pool. Yeah. And the pool, I'm convinced that the pool feed guy, who's whoever whoever they hired, 
is a Republican oh, yeah. because he is shooting the ugliest people. I don't care what kind of a crowd you've got. There are yeah. some beautiful women and great-looking people in any audience. Not not at the DNC. I didn't no, see it. They got people with, with one tooth. They got people that are <laughs> drooling and they've got old ladies that are shaking and, and, and quaking. But, it's but, unbelievable. But enough about Bill and the O'Bidens. Uh, let's do it. Hey, oh. So here's, here's the video, though, that also like um i just like when i heard this i was like hmm and 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 i'm getting to a point with this whole thing cuz there was some really interesting stuff that happened uh when i saw the, when i heard this video i'm like this is when people hear this and agree with this yeah there's a fundamental difference in how we think about the united states we are committed to all people we do believe you can use government in a, in a good way government's the only thing that we all belong to Okay. Government is the only thing that we all, all belong to. Now, you can interpret that in multiple ways. Yeah, I didn't like that either. I, when I heard that, I was like, really? It actually, ends Different like, churches, different clubs, but we're together as a part of our city or our county or our state yeah, and our I, nation. Yeah, our nation. I just don't like that we all belong to the government. I just, it, it didn't sound, it didn't sit right with me. Um, but here, here was the interesting thing. So Bill Clinton, um, and I'm watching this with Ms. Mickey, by the way, Bill Clinton comes out wearing so much makeup. That's the first, we're like, uh, Mickey's like, oh my God, they pancake the man. There's an inch of makeup on his face because we know he's not looking good. So, yeah. and they've sprayed him. They've literally and they'd also, they, they, they had to pump him up with something to get him out there. I, that's very possible. I think because he was, he was, he was, yeah. he was, he was up. He we was, analyzed it as he was doing a uh, Adderall because we we actually JC and I have been studying uh, black preacher uh, uh, techniques, mm -hmm. and he is a he is the first black president because this was a black church sermon. It was set up like it was structured like a black church sermon. It was it was it's persuasive like a black church sermon. You can watch these some of these sermonizers on uh, on the on the Dish Network and elsewhere. And I'll tell you this: it was as good as it gets in that regard. And the blacks were all eating it up because they've heard this before. They like the style of talking. And the whites were like, and the camera guy showed this. They were like completely blown away by this crazy man going on and on about this and that. <laughs> It was, it was the guy, I thought he performed quite well. I think he killed it. I think he did an excellent job. And what's interesting, and we have to talk about that in a minute, is uh, Ms. Mickey's response. But I, I did want to play one clip uh, where I think, uh, did you, I don't know if you got any clips. Did you think? And by the way, he did use call and response a lot, which oh. is a classic. Like, where you Ex explain call and response. Call and response, where you, you essentially in the church, it's always, you da 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 Amen. Right. And they all yell amen. And then they, you know, you, you have, oh, them, yeah. you have yeah, them involved yeah. with the process. And exactly. Clinton was doing there's something about form where I forgot what the response was, but he had it two or several, three of them. Several times, several times. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I caught him lying. Like a really, really oh, big I, one. I, I listened to that speech. I, I didn't research any of the bull crap, but there was stuff that just didn't make any sense. Well, do you want to hear the biggest lie that I heard during the, uh, the entire? I, got, I clipped it. All right. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual <laughs> relations with that woman, Miss <laughs> Lewinsky. I never told anybody it's a lie. Not a single time. Never. 
these allegations are false, <laughs> and I need to go back to work for the American people. I just, need, I just don't want to make sure everyone heard that, because I'm looking at the guy. I can't stop thinking about that. I just can't. Yeah. I mean, that's all I'm thinking about is he stood there and lied, really, 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 really lied about not about world war, not about killing people, not about stealing your money, not about where he put his penis. He couldn't even be truthful about that. That's what's so sad about his lie and, you know, and all the other stuff. So anyway, before we get into the um, I, do have one, I have one little well, we're still talking about Clinton. I want to I want to mention this one. Uh, I thought I don't know if this was a uh, a Freudian slip or what, but it's a gaffe, and it's it's on my list here as Clinton yeah, I Medicare. Got it, I got it. So if he's elected, and if he does what he promised to do, Medicare will now grow broke yeah. in 2016. <laughs> He said grow broke. That's what I heard, too. <laughs> yeah, I, Pelosi, also, these like they're like robots up there. You think you'd hear yourself make that gaffe because, you know, as well as I do, when you're reading something, you make a gaffe. Like you sometimes correct it because you, you do hear yourself yeah, when you talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Pel- Pelosi was very – you got some, oh, you got this one from Pelosi? I'll play this. She was very I got scary. the Pelosi one and where she says – yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, says, yeah. well, you'll hear it, and I, I emphasize it by replaying it, and this is what she says, and she's just, she's completely, she's like, she is almost senile by now. And our democracy is on the ballot. Democrats believe we must curb the influence of special interest on our political institutions. Democrats believe we must create jobs, not protect the special interest. We must build the economy from the middle out, not the top down. From the middle out, out, out. You did production. Very good. It's uh, the middle elf. It's the middle elf. It's the elf in the middle where we start building all this. Now, so here's a philosophical question, which I'm, I'm, I couldn't answer it last night. And I, I think I actually couldn't sleep very well because of it. So Ms. Mickey, you know, and, and I'd say she is, you know, she's probably more conservative leaning in general than uh, liberal, uh, although you recall that we fell in love because uh, I told her she was a nutball thinking Obama was going to change everything. She called me jaded. And then, you know, it was uh, we lived happily ever after. So she so she watched uh, Romney and everything. And she she watched uh, Ann Romney. She watched Michelle Obama. Uh, she watched Bill Clinton. And after that, she says, you know, it may you know, be my um my socialist upbringing uh, in the Netherlands, but when I hear that, how we you know we can all have an uh, you know an equal shot, and we're going to be a nation, we're going to pull together. He says it really feels really good to me. It feels like the right way to go. And I and of course I said, well, that's why you're not allowed to vote because you're a freaking foreigner. So you just <laughs> shut up, slut. But <laughs> she appreciated that as a joke too, by the way. <laughs> but I was trying to think, I was trying to come up with the, with the appropriate response. And I think maybe the fallacy of, of that is, you know, if, if everyone literally were equal, which it's impossible, you know, um, I'm, I have a, uh, an advantage for a number of reasons because I'm healthy, uh, because I, you know, have longer legs or, you know, whatever it is, or I have inherently three points higher IQ. You can't have everyone, they can't all have the exact same equal shot and opportunity. And I think when that happens, 
then 99% of the people are going to take advantage of having the fair shot and they're going to kick back and drink some beer. I mean, help me explain why that system has not worked in America, ergo has not really been implemented to that degree. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? No, I have no clue what you're talking about. (laughs) Just kind of babbling. Hey, blow me. (laughs) Come on. I don't know what you, you know, the idea, I mean, this, the, the basic idea is that you have a equal opportunity, not that you're equal. I mean, I think that's what the theory is with the system, is that everyone has the same shot, but some people, obviously, you, you can't do it. You can't dunk a basketball if you're not tall enough, but you can, you can try. But so what does that even mean, getting the same shot? What does that mean? So that, what, means there's, that, means, that means somebody doesn't look at you and say, oh... Which, by the way, which is the irony of what I'm going to explain is the irony of the whole thing uh, from the same sharp shot perspective. Someone looks at you with your long legs and someone looks at a short person and says, well, you know, uh, this person with the short legs is, is a disadvantage to you. So I'm going to give them an advantage by giving them more money or I'm going to. Oh, you know, these people are, are th- this whole group of people. They're really dumb. So uh, I'm going to give them the jobs. Isn't the way they weren't they hiring uh, people in the in the Justice Department? We read this on one of the shows yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah, it was. Gonna, you yeah. know, they, they have a they Thank have you. a marked uh, handicap to you. So and, I'm going to give them yeah. the job instead of you. Thank you. That's so, the way the system works. Yes, yes. But that's the unfairness of it is exactly right. that because right. it's not my fault that my legs are taller or shorter or whatever. I don't. Have to, but I should be given the same. Opportunity. Well, you can't, you know, okay, you got an opportunity to dunk a basketball. You can't do it. So you don't get that job. Right. Well, you don't get that job. There's other things to do. Uh, you know, the, but you have to, you have an opportunity to dunk the basketball if you want to. Well, anyway, so I, then I figured out, of course, there's only one correct response. And with her, it would actually work. So I said, you know why that, you know why that's not the way it's supposed to go? I said, all you have to do is go back and read. By Ayn Rand. Then get back to me and tell uh, me and tell me how that's. That's work a great out. way to kill the conversation. And by the way, so I'm watching this this convention. <laughs> I'm watching this convention. Time. Yeah. And I didn't realize that Ayn Rand is running the Republican Party. I'm, I'm going through the roll call, <laughs> and the guy from Kansas. And by the way, which is I couldn't watch much of it, so you're not going to get more than two clips out of me. Yeah. In fact, I have two roll call clips. And why was there even a roll call? And in this great state of California, they had Pelosi and Feinstein and that that idiot Senator Barbara Boxer up there yakking away about the golden state. And we give our 700 votes to Obama. But so they had two that were interesting to me, which I'll get through because you brought it up with Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> uh, one is, let's see, where is it? It's the... Uh, Rand? Is that the one? Sin no, no, Rand? that one's the second one. All right. The first one is... Roll Call. How about that? Yeah, Roll Call. Play it. Okay. 80 votes. 80 votes. Oh, wait. Stop. Hold on a second. I want to set this up. This woman comes on and talks about Barry Goldwater. Then she she literally gets cut off. Anyway, go on. Oh. Uh, but Barry Goldwater uh, failed, right? He was, he did not... Uh... He, was a, he was a Democrat. He was a Republican, for starters. But this is the... this the one of the, 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 Both parties always have some turncoat that they get from the other party and they bring them out and uh, this girl was just a, she was wasted or stoned or something i don't know what her problem was 80 votes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Madam Secretary, Arizona is the Grand Canyon state and has produced some fabulous politicians on Ooh. both parties. One includes my grandfather, Barry Goldwater. I'm CC I'm CC Goldwater. <laughs> All right, we're sorry. Get her off. Today, <laughs> Goldwater believed in really personal freedoms. Oh, there's someone like like making the cut cut sign. That's why she's laughing. Yeah, well, you gotta you gotta yeah. listen to the end. The right to to privacy and a woman's <laughs> right to choose. <laughs> yeah. Nervous. Here, take a take, take a penny. On behalf of the Arizona delegation, I want to cast. 77 votes for Arizona, for Barack Obama, the next president, or the president. Thank you, Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> did, did you do that fade on that clip? That's interesting. You, you've been working hard, man. I'm, I'm, I'm okay, impressed. so here we go. I'm impressed. So now this is the guy from Kansas, and he goes on about a bunch of other Republicans <laughs> that were so great before the day in the day. By the way, and she, then he then he tell, then he throws this blockbuster out there. And Bob Dole, whose moderation and common sense wisdom have been repudiated by the Republican Party and replaced by the extremism of Ayn Rand, <laughs> Rush Limbaugh, Lynn. Back. Sam Brownback. Well, how come we're not on this list? And the Koch brothers. <laughs> because we're not Republicans. That's uh, no, of course not. But that's well, neither was Ayn Rand. Not I know. When did Ayn Rand? When is Ayn Rand running the Republic? She's dead. You come idiot! On. Throw throw a podcaster a bone, man. I mean, come <laughs> on. You know, it's, it's like hey, let's try that and again. And Bob Dole, let's try it again. Whose moderation. And common sense wisdom have been repudiated by the Republican Party and yes, replaced yes. by the extremism of Ayn Rand. The best podcast in the universe. Sam Brownback and the Koch brothers. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. That's better. That people would have been like, hey. What? I got to check out that best. You know, what, you know what's wrong with these people? There's too much fluoride in their beer. That's what's going on there. That's know. really, 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 really sad. So uh, yeah, but you know the whole the whole show is it's understandable that. Pe and by the way, so tonight the president is here. Here's you want to talk about? Okay, now are we arguably some of the smartest television programming consultants in the world? You and I, arguably, do we have the Absolutely. experience? Absolutely, I don't even think right. it's arguable. But I mean, we on. have we have. We have power tools for the job. We know how to do everything. Tonight, the president who was going for re-election is speaking to the nation. Now, I'll tell you that the, uh, uh, the, the ratings we're in is like 30 million people watch this. That's not bad. Uh, you know, it's across all, all channels, so it's an aggregate. 30 million people watching this. And, of course, when the president speaks tonight, I think he'll, he could hit 40, 50 million people watching easy. It's going to be a big deal. I think, by the way, it's interesting. They pulled him out of the Bank of America Center. Yeah. So they're going to make him speak in the same hall because it might yeah. rain, yeah, which would be hilarious if it did. And, yeah. by the way, did you notice during Clinton's speech that they kept shooting, the, the, again, the pool guy yeah. uh, from the uh, feed? 
Yeah. I kept shooting a Michelle Glowering. Yeah. <laughs> she does not like Bill Clinton. No. So um, if you were to uh, if you were to choose, if you had like a big award show, uh, what you know, like the MTV Video Music Awards, what would the day be that you would not program it? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll just just give you a hint. Do you think you would have it on the same night that the president is addressing the nation? Um, I wouldn't do that. Well, they are tonight. Is the Video Music Awards? Wait, wait. Are you telling me that the youth will be watching MTV instead of their hero Obama? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't think MTV has done a very smart move with this. But they're trying to put some alternative programming up there. Well, Last night they had Clinton up against the football game. Mm, now, actually, I think they delayed the the game, didn't they? No, I don't think so. Mm. Huh? Whatever the case, um, I would not have uh, recommended that as a strategy. No, I don't think that's a good well, idea. Well, you know, Putin, I think is doing something or was doing something. So I want to talk about this later, but but I do. I tracked down Hillary, which I promised I'd do in the newsletter letter and found out where she went. It's very difficult to find her schedule. I don't know if you know where she's been or where she is now well, or anything. Course, of course I do. Uh, she uh, she was in China yeah. and she was in China in particular being very disappointed. I got a clip of her being disappointed if, if you if you want to hear that. Well, I've got a bunch of different clips of her. I mean, it depends on what news source you're dealing with. Russia Today uh, casts her in a very negative light. It just to, Before you play her being disappointed, play the Russia Today Hillary uh, just a little intro. You can see what they're thinking. The Russians, of course, do not like this administration, and they're reflecting it in their news coverage. Now, it's a warning not to meddle in regional affairs. That was the greeting in Beijing for Washington's top diplomat. Ahead of her visit, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton urged Southeast Asian nations to work together to resolve territorial disputes in the South China Sea. While well, Xiao Cheng from the uh, Renmin University of China says U.S. involvement is only spawning tensions. Right, so then, uh, and by the way, her hair looked fabulous. She was flipping it as she's walking around. It was very nicely brushed. It was all shiny. Uh, she had, you know, someone did something while she was over there. It is no secret that we have been disappointed by uh, Russia and China's actions blocking tougher UN Security Council uh, resolutions. And we hope to continue to unite uh, behind uh, a real path forward uh, to end the violence in Syria. Yeah, bloody, bloody, blah. Here's the funny thing. Uh, so they, uh, I, I guess the uh, Republican consultants, uh, and, and it, it could be a number of people. But here's here's here was the breaking news this morning that trending on Twitter during Bill Clinton's speech was Hillary 2016. That that was the trending hashtag. And they left it up, of course, instead of pulling it down like they do with oh, stuff they oh, don't like in this, Twitter. If you look at the people who are, who've, it's so hijacked. It's such a PR move, but it's a brilliant one. And I, and I don't know if it was the Republicans or if it was, you know, the Clintons. And I could, and, I, and is there a difference, actually? Uh, but I think it was brilliant to really move it away from everything and say, oh, it's uh, everyone wants Hillary in 2016. That's what Bill's speech was about. Look at it. Uh, Hillary 2016, hashtag pound number sign. 
Brilliant PR hijack. Brilliant, whoever did that. And they're trying to make that the big headline news. I don't know if that's going to work, but it was on, uh, it was kind of the, this morning was kind of the big news for a while. Well, since we're on the topic, so you, your, your assertion is Hillary's trip was to China. Uh, she was in uh, China, then she was in East Timor. Um, that's, are you telling me that uh, she uh, went through a quantum leap and was not there? She's all over the No, she was there, but she's been apparently bouncing all over the place, and she's yeah. got more places to go, anything to stay out of the convention fray. Mm-hmm. But, of course, last show we mentioned that we did have a clip again from a foreign broadcast about that she's headed to Vladivostok, if oh, you remember. Right, 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 because she was, yep, she was going to meet with uh, uh, Lavrov. Yeah, no. Well, the fact is, she's going to the big, the giant APEC forum. This what? is the biggest news that not is not being covered in this country. But let's get, uh, which I'll get to after I take a look at Hillary's schedule. Korea TV actually had her whole schedule lined up. So play, play. Is it as part of Clinton's Six Nation tour that started on August 30th and has so far taken her to the Cook Islands and Indonesia? She's, she's due to leave Beijing tonight for East Timor and will follow that with visits to Brunei and Russia. Yeah, I knew she was in the Cook Islands. And I know that because, you know, there's no, on the particular island where she was staying, there's no cars. And it was like a bit, the, all the, the locals were like, well, she can't be driving her car around. You know, we, we're not going to have that. So I knew that. I knew about East Timor, but I didn't know she was doing a Six Nation tour. Yeah, and she's also, I think she got her hair done in the Cook Islands because that's a you know, tourist place where it has a lot of Pretty. fancy hair. It, hair it looked dynamite, I have to say. It was, you know, nice and shiny. So what's APEC? Okay, so play the Korean news uh, that you will not hear in the United States, even though you, there is coverage, but it's way, way downplayed. APEC, uh, but play this clip and then I'll explain. Well, APEC foreign and trade ministers have been meeting in Vladivostok in Russia's Far East ahead of the APEC summit that will take place this weekend. Key discussion topics proposed by Russia included removing trade barriers, deeper regional integration and improvements to transport infrastructure and food security. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said ahead of the APEC summit that cooperation with Asia-Pacific countries will be important for the development of Russia's Siberia and the Far East. Russia hosts the APEC meeting in the Pacific port of Vladivostok and has pumped 21 billion US dollars into the city of 600,000 people ahead of the event. Wow. Okay. 21 billion. So this is a, this is a big show. This is a big show. It's essentially uh, the the f- screw you USA for not <laughs> letting Russia or China Into in on the Trans-Pacific Strategic Economic Partnership right. plan. The right. And so they've decided to start. They've been doing this APEC every so often. This is the Asia Pacific Economic uh, Cooperation yeah. Forum. Is yeah, what this, it is. this is their own club. Is what this is. This is a huge, and it's big, and everyone, like every leader is going to be there. This is what makes, you know, these places like Davos look ridiculous, especially with all the money they're throwing at it. And, I mean, the Gil, Gilroy, what's her name from Australia? I mean, all the, everyone's going to be there except Kil- Obama. <laughs> except Obama, right, because he's, he's got some other little thing he's doing. Yeah, he's over here, but he could still show up on the weekend. I mean, if he doesn't show up, it'll be amazing, but he, 
they, they're snubbing each other. And this is a major thing going on. So they're sending Hillary. And that's what that, that oh. reference to uh, Vladivostok was last week oh, on uh, the Democracy right. Now!, even though nobody explained what's really going on. This ridiculous event, which is just a, apparently a real eye popper. They built a bridge to nowhere. To It's on an island. And, they pumped up, but, and but this is this is like their own their own United Nations thing. I'm looking this at is it. What you know? This is like you know you. This is like the, one of those G twenty things, or some you know one of these right. major major right. economic things that we we throw together and we control. The Russians are are finally fed up with it, right. and so they're doing this thing. And their whole idea is to set up Vladivostok as their uh, east or west. Or I'm sorry, East Asian outpost right. so it's going to be like a separate country and it's going to be doing all the it's going to organize all the it's going to compete with uh, shanghai so here's and here's, hong kong here's the members australia uh brunei canada chile uh people's republic of china hong kong china indonesia japan republic of korea malaysia mexico new zealand mexico really how did they get in the asia pacific uh they're the ones who they're mm. setting up you know we we are people are setting up these large ports in mexico right. well we are a member here it's yeah we're United a member but we're, yeah. we're not sending our you know we're sending hillary so i mean that's, well, that's kind of, she she's pretty powerful yeah well she might be the next president for all you know but whatever <laughs> the case is she's going to be there to try to just it's it's this is a this is about the russians getting irked by us snubbing right. them left and right but, but the russians are not trustworthy that's why they get snubbed hey man did you see putin did you see what he was doing man did you see him the most awesome president in the universe did you see what <laughs> was he it did another with his shirt i forget there was something with his shirt off again, oh yeah no no it's better than that Here, vladimir putin with his new best friend the siberian crane oh, right right, right. preparing yeah, to go where no president has gone before for his latest action man stunt, he'd stopped off at the remote Yamal Peninsula in Russia's far north on his way to the Apex Summit in Vladivostok. The leader of a nation of 140 million people, he was trying to persuade five rather reluctant cranes to fly south for the winter. The Siberian crane is close to extinction and this group had been born in captivity. Despite his carefully cultivated all-Russian hero image, the president did not fly the microlight aircraft by himself. An expert pilot sat just behind him at all times during the flight. Among other things, the Russian public have seen Vladimir Putin boxing, swimming in a Siberian river, and riding bare-chested on a horse. <laughs> and despite the waning opinion polls and the fact that he is 60 next month, he clearly still believes these television picture opportunities are an important part of his enduring popularity. I, say, I say take that, Obama. <laughs> Let's see Hillary bare-chested. Yeah, let's see Hillary bare-chested riding a horse. Okay, take that. The guy. I mean, yeah, he's not flying the microlight. I mean, it's very obvious that the the guy behind him is flying, but he's in the white suit and the, and, and he's on his way to APEC. Let, let me just grab some geese while I'm on my way to APEC. Come <laughs> on, man, that's an awesome dude. That's a man right there. Don't you feel like like he he should be your president? He'll do anything to prove he's not gay. <laughs> Well, and there's that, of course. I mean, it, he was like talking to birds. I don't know. 
Uh, that, by the way, that's a video in the show notes, uh, 441.nashownotes.com. It is fantastic. He's got the camera mounted on the front of the micro light, and, he, and he's, he's real serious, like Zaro. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. Uh, I'm impressed. I don't know what, it, what he's He must be really on the testosterone. I'm, I'm impressed. Way up. I'm impressed. I really, really, really was impressed. I thought it was funny. I'm like, oh, God, the guy's good. The guy's good. What can you say? He is good. Um, one more before we get to break. This was um, now. This was very interesting. I don't know if uh, if you've been watching this. Uh, you've actually brought my attention to it about the organics guys and what they're you know that the organics guys are behind a lot of the uh, labeling stuff and because really right we have a proposition coming up in the election. Yeah, I think it's thirty-seven or thirty-two, thirty-seven. Anyway, uh, they're trying to they're they're going after organic food in all kinds of different ways, right. and it's just uh, right. just to try to get people used to the fact that they won't be able to. I think it's because the same people that are selling organic food, yes, are going to have to get used to the fact that they're not going to be able to just casually use the label anymore. Yes. So they're going to try to smear. Yes. Organic food by saying various things. Now, one of the things that the most recent event, of course, is this: all these news stories about how a, you know a study from well, Dartmouth. Let, let, me, came let, me, out. let me play the report because I have the report, and then we can discuss. Since 1997, U.S. sales of organic foods have increased from $3.6 billion to $26.7 billion. Although prices vary, consumers can pay up to twice as much for organic than conventional foods. But when it comes to nutrition, are organics worth it? The answer is no, according to a study published in the Annals of Internal Medicine. In our study, we did not find substantial differences in nutritional content of organic compared to conventional foods. In the study, the authors reviewed 237 previously published studies comparing organic and conventional food and its effects. The study also examined pesticide exposure from both foods. In our study, we found that organic produce was about 30% less likely to be contaminated by pesticide residues. However, we found differences in risks of exceeding maximum allowed limits between the groups were small. The study examined the risk for bacterial contamination between conventional and organic foods. We did not find significant differences in bacterial contamination between the two groups, for example, for bacteria like E. coli and salmonella. Now, I'd like to give my view on this before you jump in, because you know a lot more about it. Um, so you already kind of set it up by saying, you know, the latest is this news report where they're trying to smear organics. And, uh, I, I, you know, there's a lot of people saying, oh, this was Stanford. You know, they're, they're paid for by Cargill and Monsanto. I think I see it a little differently. I believe that this study is correct. And, uh, and my personal belief is that the stuff that is being sold as organic to you sheep is crap. That's why I think this report is correct. I think that what Whole Foods has and Trader Joe's, it's crap. That's what I think. What do you think, John? Well, I don't know if that's my first of all, I think the the whole report's based on a false premise that people buy organic food. I, and by the way, I think it's non-existent, this, this premise, this, this bogus premise. People are buying organic food because it's health, because it's more nutritious. Do you buy when you buy an organic 
tomato I as opposed to I don't, an inorganic. You know, I don't buy organic. Tom- I buy my, uh, well, uh, my tomato saying, from the farmer. Buy, let's say if you're a buyer of organic food, are you buying it because it's more nutritious? No, I'm generally, buying it because it's more expensive. That's why the, I know it's no, better general, for me. This is bogus. You're just throwing <laughs> stuff out at me. The point, the people are buying organic food, generally speaking. I, if I have a choice, and sometimes I'll buy organic, I mean, sometimes it's too expensive, but sometimes I'll buy because I know it's going to taste better. It's just a matter of quality. It's not a, and you know, some of these heirloom tomatoes are just going to be better than the crap tomatoes you get at Safeway. But that said, so in other words, the whole thing is based on a false premise, which is that people are buying for nutritional reasons. I don't see that. But let's take a look at the at the actual uh, report that was done. They act, they they did a. Uh, they, they took two hundred exist existing reports and compared right, those. And they made another report out of that. Yeah, which is just, you know, it's bogative. That's kind of bogus. That's what I it's, do. It's bogative, but they do have an executive <laughs> summary with a conclusion. Yes. I, okay. Now you, it seems to me I read that this. the conclusion yeah. is, which is only two sentences. <laughs> it's really not much, is it? It's not a news story. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I will read the conclusion as provided by the people who actually wrote the report and put it no, out. We there. can read it together. The published literature literature lacks lacks strong evidence evidence that that organic organic foods foods are are significantly more nutritious than conventional foods. Consumption of organic foods may reduce exposure to pesticide residues and antibiotic antibiotic resistant bacteria. That's it. Big story. So there's no story here. Breaking news. Breaking news. Alert Alex Jones. I get more hate mail from the Alex Jones fans. So, so, so this is bogative, yeah. to say the least. And, it, you know, I even traced the whole movement back to a report that was done on. Uh, in, they so tried to. But think about similar it. To this All right, but think about this. So, why? Because it literally exploded. And yes, it was the. The Ranger Joes and the Alex Jones and the Natural New Net Newswork Daily. Everyone was like, this is outrageous, blah, blah. And I'm like, organic or schmorganic. You know, it's just a branding. It's, you know, in I think I've said it before. In the Netherlands, they call it biological, which I think is even funnier. Because everything's biological. And you pay more for it. It is bull crap. It, it, to me, this this organic thing is big organic. It's it's now become just another industry, and they they got pesticides. That's what Michael Pollan calls it. It's big organic. It's just a big, and Whole Foods is like responsible for a good part of it. Yeah. And you go to Whole Foods, and I, you know, they're organic. I mean, I look. I would never buy vegetables. They're they all look like they're just manufactured. They look the same stuff you get at Safeway. These yeah. big, you know, Publix only more expensive, and therefore, and oh, only they're more expensive. And I great. don't see that they're yeah. any better. And I go to the farmer's market. They can't put organic labels on anything there. They can't Because they don't anything. go through the paperwork. That's right. And that stuff is all fantastic. And, and you can ask them if they use pesticides, and they'll say, well, we have to because there's worms in the field or we don't. And you know what? You know what's even better? Uh, we visit some of our farmers. And they say, hey, why don't you come and take a look at how we do our chickens? And we, and yeah. we, and we go out and we take a look. And you know what? Chickens look freaking happy. Chicken going like, walking around, and the chick looks happy, man. And I see that, you know, the processing and everything, and that is how you know that what you're eating is good. Unfortunately, you know, it's not going to work that way for all the slaves. And, well, not only that, but the government doesn't like the idea, and neither no. do these big companies. <laughs> no. They don't like the... 
for one thing, they don't like uh, these guys. You can't sell eggs in California anymore unless you go through a huge bureaucracy to get a, you know approval for an egg. Really? Yes, it's very hard wow. to get good yard eggs. You have to have your own chickens. Hmm. And at the farmer's market, you can get eggs or you can't do that? It's, you can with the guys of, who are licensed to sell eggs. Crazy. I mean, we had, I went over to the, we have a winery in the middle of Martinez, California that I, for once in a while, I visit. Mm-hmm. And I was over there the other day because I, they have a lot of fruit from their trees and they sell uh, some reasonably tasty, inexpensive wines because they won some huge settlement against Shell Oil some years earlier and they own all their <laughs> land outright. So they, they lowball everybody. Okay. So I cool. said to her, I said, well, you got any eggs? And because they always sell eggs. They used to anyway, years ago. And she says, no, we can't sell eggs anymore because there's a new health code deal and we have to go. It's, it's, it's too much trouble, even though they have all these eggs. It's too much trouble to sell eggs because of the paperwork. But you know what this is, John? You know, because if you're going after the eggs, you know what you're really going after, don't you? The chickens. It's the war on chicken, my friend. That's what it's all about. The war on chicken. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. I will start off with an anonymous donation uh, from someone, which is, we can say that every day, I suppose, $100. Stephen Woolard from Victoria, B.C. also comes with $100, and I don't see a comment here. Alan Cavedo, or Cavedo, or Cavedo, or Cavedo, uh, in Virginia, another $100. I heard Adam on Twitter and was so impressed that I felt compared to donate. Compelled. Uh, Not compared, but compelled. I said compared. Yes, but you meant elf. I meant I meant growth. <laughs> Leo even named the Twit episode after Adam Zombie Gun. Adam sounded so much more knowledgeable and authoritative than he does on No Agenda. What? what? I don't know. What? He sent hundred dollars. Why is that? Why was that? Maybe because he was interacting with a lawyer, a publisher, a podcast empresario, and other big shots. Oh, it seems that kind of that kind of crowd brings out the best in Adam. Hmm. But what made me go to the computer to kick out some cash was that Adam managed to get a slide flute blow into the proceedings. <laughs> Yeah. Right. yeah. So I sounded really intelligent, but because I got a slide whistle in, <laughs> that's why he's donating. Yeah. Uh huh. That's, well, that's our, listeners. That's we'll our get, listeners. Well, guess what? It ain't going to happen anymore, I don't think. So Franklin Kazensky in Racine, Wisconsin, eighty nine, eighty one. Please send my brother Douglas in Seattle a birthday shout out and give him some car. We have him listed. He's not a listener, but this episode is going to be his digital birthday card. So Aww. I hope it's a good one. Aww. It's always a good one. Maybe it'll get him hooked or maybe he'll wonder why I didn't send him the cash. So we have to give him uh, some karma, though. He's on the list, right? So we give him some karma. Here we go. Yeah. You've got karma. Nice. Matt Rowe in Crow's Nest, New South Wales, or could just shorten it to Matt Crow. Uh, I need a de-douching. Recently, $75, by the way. Recently, I introduced to the greatest podcast in the universe by Bob Wales. Can you give him karma? However, another mate, That's Dean Rob, Turbin. Rob Wales. Did I say Bob? <laughs> yeah, Elf. Jeez, this is, like, this is the, the, the reverse karma. This is because I'm ridiculing... 
these gaffes by Pelosi and uh, Clinton, yeah. and now I That's have to. Now I will be gaffing the rest of the. Are you day. sure you didn't take any Haldol by any chance? No, I, my tongue's <laughs> tongue like that. <laughs> However, another mate, Dean Turbin, now also knew the show, needs to donate. Can you give him a douchebag call out? Douchebag. Yep. And then he wants to know when the Hot Pockets Tour to Australia begins. But give the karma to Rob. All right. Well, no, he wants a de-douching first. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got karma. There you go. Chris Durkin in Chicago, Illinois, 6996. Uh-huh. And then here we go. Play the theme. 69! 69, dudes! <laughs> I was Beginning ready. with Jason Baker, Lee's Summit, Missouri. 6969. I wanted to say thanks for the great salt article and the, if you, which was in the newsletter, and the great appearance on Twit by Adam. The quality of that broadcast has gone way down over the years. Most of the I'm the one on the thing all the time. What are you t- telling me? Most of the guests that would be me are know nothing bloggers from California. That would be me. Thank you very much. Adam on Twit sounds like a seasoned businessman talking to a bunch of naive college kids. I don't think they ribbed Adam too bad on the show, but then I read an article that showed a bunch of tweets that made Leo made afterwards. I'm sad to say I'm done. Uh, I remember when blah, 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 blah. Uh, Adam is not about the Twit show in these notes, okay? Adam seemed like a real down-to-earth person, and uh, Leo didn't. I have an excellent pork verde burrito in a little place in Petaluma. Okay. Uh, okay. That's enough. I think, he's asking, he, I think he's inviting me to have pork. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Take it around to Petaluma and have right, pork. Thank you. Even though Petaluma is best known for chicken. 6969 from Dame Astrid Klein. Hey, 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 hey. What's up with that, girl? Dear Adam, dear John, today is a fine date, 6-9. Oh. Senate Karma, I wish for John to talk sexy today. <laughs> All right, let me finish this. But, Pipelines are too obvious, but maybe explaining the workings of a hydroxy booster will do. Make us smile. Think of it as a, va- as a variation on trying to pronounce Dutch names or sounding drunk. Okay, John, uh, this is a challenge. You have okay. to sound sexy. The hydroxy, here, this is sexy. The hydroxy booster, if you really kind of figure it out, it's a perpetual motion machine and thus is bullcrap. Sexy enough? I'm hard now. Move on. <laughs> Tanya Wyman, Dame Tanya to you in New York, New York, 6969. Sending a swazzle enough donation for Adam's birthday. Yeah, I borked up the dates and messed the donation for Sunday show. But now I can donate on the day. That she actually sent it in on the day. Thank you, Dame Tanya. Very kind of you. <laughs> uh, Robert Phillips II. By the way, I think Dame Astrid, when she, I think she was kind of looped when she was loopy. <laughs> she was, it sounds like a drunk donation. I should have done it in that voice. You know, I've seen her loopy, and she doesn't sound like that. She sounds much more together. Huh. Uh, Robert Phillips II. Charlotte, North Carolina, which is, gosh, that what's going on there? Um, they've got uh, West Nile in... Uh, 69, 69, it's my swaz on the... 69, dude! Uh, onward, Edward Sheets in Brewerton, Nor- Nor- New York, 5110. Been a while. Stay loud, stay proud. Uh, Matthias Merkert in Landau. I think it's uh, Matthias, probably. 
Probably Matthias or Matthias. Well, no, I'd say Matthias. Matthias Merker. Okay, say Matthias. I say Matthias. Okay. Landau, uh, which is where's Landau? Michigan. I don't have Michigan on here. Haven't donated for a long time, so please de-douche me. You've been de-douched. I was just guessing. Is Landau in? Uh, I, I guess Landau. got weird characters here, so I think it's some some someplace else. Sir Alan Bean in Oakland, our buddy. Uh, continuing oh, a contributor, Landau working is, on a damehood for his wife, Land, his pretend wife. Landau is uh, in uh, Deutschland. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's uh, along the Southern Wine Route. You should know that. I wouldn't. I, uh, I should. The Südische Weinstrasse. So it probably is Matthias Merkert. Yeah. In Deutschland. Yeah. Anyway, Sir Alan Bean has a word of 50. Uh, Adam Kolb. Or Colby, Adam Kolb, Colby. Menasha, Wisconsin, 50. And finally, uh, not anonymous, uh, can't play the show on my MP3 player at the gym. Sansa Models can speed up the audio, great for workouts. It helps me get up early. I play the show on my MP3 player. Yeah, you're gym. really doing well today, John. Uh, I told you I didn't get a lot of sleep. It helps me get up early and keep me going to the gym every day. I get physical and mental stimulation at the same time to maximize my human resource as a good slave. And when I start laughing and people ask, I tell them about no agenda. <laughs> He's good to go. No yeah. karma for him. Yeah. Life is sweet. Oh, that's so, nice. And that's the end of our donation. And we really came up short. We do have some more uh, four people who gave you the $48.48 you might want to thank. Yeah, uh, thank you uh, for forty-eight forty-eight from Sir Alexander Selesnyov, Dame Tanya, Raymond Port, hey, Ray, uh, Brian Swearingen, Swearingen, John Snyder, and Joseph Hatch. Thank you all so much. And I have to say, uh, comparatively speaking, with uh, you got a lot more donations for your birthday. Whoa. Did you just hang up on me? Hello? Yeah, we're back. Did you just hang up on me? Hello? John? Wow. Well, I find that kind of harsh. Hello? Looks like you're still here. Oh, internet connection problem. Hmm, interesting. Oh, boy. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'll just uh Oh, you there? Yeah. What's going on, man? It's Skype. You know what I think there I honestly believe this is a theory that I'll put in a column eventually. I honestly believe that Microsoft <laughs> is going to pull the Skype code that nobody knows how it works anyway, and this does not even owned by them, and push in SIP. Oh, no, you don't really think so, do you? Oh, that, I, that I, would this be, is my prediction. You heard it here wow, first. Wow, that would be dramatic. That would be really, really horrible if that happened. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, then we do have an extra note before we wind it up from uh, Sir Greg uh, Stone. Am I saying that right? No. Uh, yes, we have an extra note to Sir Greg Stone, uh, who donated 11-11. Now, he's a knight. My bike was stolen, and this poor knight was looking for some cheap karma. To help return his bike to its rightful owner, last time I donated for karma, my bicycle was found. Uh, now this is a night, so even though it's uh, only eleven eleven, we uh, we have to. Well, we've got to we've got to, got to honor our knighthood. So here's uh, for Sir Stone's bike. You've got karma. And Philip De Silva says I was just reviewing my self accounting donations and spreadsheet, 
and notice that I have recently broken the $1,000 mark. See the attached PDF. The vast majority of the donations have come from the Mothership Boarding Pass layaway plan with two previous one-off donations to the show. I'm not sure if that fully qualifies me for the boarding pass itself. Uh, well, when the Mothership's here, you get it. Uh, if you have any of those rings that are left over, however, that would be amazing. At any rate, what I'm really hoping for is a plug on the show and a little karma sent my way. Me and a friend of mine have recently started up a web design company, uh, Limnet Media, pronounced Limit, oops, Limit Media, and just launched our website at Limnit, L-I-M-N-I-T, media.com. But you pronounce it Limit. Uh, you need the, well, that's getting off to an inauspicious start. Yes. Times, the misspelled domain name. Yes. Okay. Times have been tough financially, and we're hoping that this plug and a little extra karma can help attract some business and pull us out of this rut. And they're offering a $15 discount on our services to 15%. anywhere. 15%. Percent. What did I say? Dollar. Oh. 15 euros. It's catching. <laughs> It's contagious. 15% discount on our services. Any Noah General listener even mentions the show. Keep the great work. Your show is valuable service to us all. Well, we want to thank you very much, Philip. And, of course, we will have to, well, first let me give you the karma for your business. That Limnit You've Media. got karma. You say limit, but you write it Limnit. <clears throat> and uh, for everyone else on the short list today, thank you so much for uh, supporting us. We know it was a, a holiday weekend, uh, certainly for the people in the United States. But there you go. The Gitmo Deutschlands were there. We had our uh, our Tokyo fraction coming in. Uh, but we definitely need a little bit more for Sunday. Dvorak.org slash N-A. It's his brother Douglas. Uh, he celebrates on the eighth. And uh, was that it? Oh my God! I'm glad I fired up the entire jingle. Hey, hey, hey brother Douglas! Happy birthday from everybody here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. All right. Uh, let's knight uh, Philip de Silva. Okay. Um, if you can, uh, there you go. There's. Uh, there we go. Oh, hold on. Let me get mine. There we go. Philip de Silva, step forward. Oh, man, because of your layaway plan, you have made it to the finish line in time to get yourself the official No Agenda Night Ring. That is before the end of 2012. Thank you so much for supporting the best podcast in the universe. And I hereby pronounce thee, Sir Philip <laughs> De Silva, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Hookers and blow for you, my friend, or rent boys and Chardonnay. Whatever you prefer, it's here because you are a knight. I'm sorry That's about what that. we get for, for for jumping all over Clinton. Yeah. Well. Yes. The devil himself. <laughs> it's, it is. It's, that's karma. That's negative karma. We totally deserve all that. But since we're doing that, I got one last Clinton clip. Oh, I'll bring it up. Oh, really? Clinton on jobs. I just wanted you talked about him being a liar. This is a lie. Okay. All right. But there are already more than three million jobs open and unfilled in America, mostly because. The people who apply for them don't yet have the required skills to do them. No, I think it's because they're overqualified, isn't it? No, no, it's because their jobs like do require a PhD, and they want you to work for four bucks an hour. Yeah, and uh, you aren't going to, you know, the people that are going to apply for those jobs are four buck an hour workers, not somebody who really has the skills needed to do the job. Not only that, but we had a thing, and it was about six months ago. This is what triggered this. My taking this clip. 
And I fortunately, I, I, there's a letter that came in where a guy explained he was a head of HR at some big company. He says that they normally keep a bunch of bogus jobs posted oh. that they never intend to, f- to fill. And why is that? They're either just, collecting just, just dossiers or they just look like they're more active than they are. Sometimes just to, just to confuse the competition. Just to look busy, perhaps? Yeah. Hmm. So there's a lot of bogus jobs uh, that are posted, and probably the three million he's talking about, that aren't really jobs. I mean, this is just, you know, he's either naive, which seems unlikely, or he doesn't care. Or well, he but just, here, here's what I don't understand. I don't get it. So what I understood is uh, there were three million jobs uh, saved or created, Right. Well, he never said save. He never uses save or created. Oh, I'm sorry. He started his speech off by saying saved or created. That's how he oh, started. He did? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you got me on that because I have to admit I you did not watch, see the very opening watch. of the no, speech. I saw the whole thing. So we started off, and but everyone is talking about saved or created, but then somewhere, uh, somehow along the line, it's like we created 4 million jobs. The president created 4 million jobs in 29 months. No, 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 no. Uh, to me, it sounds like we went from saved and created this three million number to created, and I hear three, three and a half, four. To me, this is like all very wishy-washy. Uh, we know that a million jobs were uh, auto worker jobs, and they were saved, not created. So we know there's a million right there. But I thought all the other ones were saved or created. Not just created. A- am I missing something? Do you think I'm? I don't know. Else? I mean, it, 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 let's face. This is a. Uh, they're playing a, ga- a game of three card Monty, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. Or hide the. Uh, so let's get down to brass tacks, then, John. Um, so the issue, the way I see it, uh, and I can, Europe has a. You know, we can talk about Europe a different time, uh, because clearly, you know, even Einstein can't figure that out, and he's running the joint, but here. The main problem is we have all these people and uh, we have uh, all of them went to, you know, got huge student loans and we all became lawyers and uh, and there's no money left in that. There's no jobs as a lawyer. Uh, and soon there's no one's going to be want, uh, want, going to want to be a doctor either. Uh, doctors are leaving the profession. They're trying to find jobs with hospitals. No longer will it be profitable to have your own uh, private practice because of the change in the insurance uh, uh scam um we have no uh factory production we're, we're not making things other than war machines which i think we do pretty well you know stuff, yeah we're number one yeah stuff that kills people in deserts so you know um and we've we still got some wars going so we're able to sell some stuff uh but the, i think you know if it, what do we really need to do to actually can with these two what these same these two parties and this one money thing behind it they're not offering any real solutions now if i were to ask anyone what we need to do i would be asking you okay oh you're asking me i am asking you what do we need to do to fix to fix yeah we need to pump in about 10 trillion dollars of of uh phony baloney printed money into the system and probably another 10 uh, in about two or three more years. And then we're still going to have an economic collapse in 2017. Okay. But that's what we need to do. We need to print more money. I'm telling you, you, I mean, I'm the only guy in the block saying this, but I am, and there's other economists who will say it. 
<laughs> I'm with Bernanke. Print more money. And if it's like it's not causing inflation. But let we me don't ask have you. this out of but, control. But who's the money going to go like to? Germany in the 30s. That's everybody's fear. Who's the money going to then? This It's got to go to the public. That's the problem. You can't give it to the bankers. They'll just put it in their pocket and buy a bigger boat. They got to just essentially start forgiving housing loans and do everything they can, not fake it, not say they're doing it, not do anything, which is what they're doing now. It's bull crap. But they, they got to get, they got to prime the pump. They got to get the public, uh, give them a bunch of free money so they have to buy stuff. That creates the demand and cranks the system back up again. Although we have to do something, I think here's another one. I'll just go completely off the deep end with my ideas. We got to put up trade barriers to stop trading with China. Screw them. We don't need the public to get a bunch of money and then just buy more crap from China. Nuts. We should put up tariffs. Yeah. The old-fashioned way. Right. So I just want. This is all bad, though. This is all bad thinking. This is not globalist enough. I'm trying. I'm being an isolationist by even suggesting such a thing. No, I'm. 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 I'm with you on this, but I'm just trying to understand a couple of things. Um, I don't have a mortgage. Can I still get some money? Yeah. No, I think it should just be free money. <laughs> but if everyone gets free money, then doesn't that like they'll spend it? Doesn't equalize everything? It's called priming the pump. Don't prices go up if if everyone gets a whole bunch of money? That's the idea. You got to get prices to start to go up. Otherwise, people aren't going to spend anything. They're going to just sit or sit on their money or do nothing. So let me. Let me well, I, I, look, I'm 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 with you on this. Okay. So, so but we're, so we're going to have the economic collapse anyway. That's that's your basic premise. So why not live it up for the next? <laughs> that's what you're saying, right? So live it up for four or five years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if it's a ten trillion. Ten. What's a trillion? That's a thousand million, right? One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six. No, that's a billion. It's billion. It's, it's, it's a billion. It's a, one, two, yeah. three, four, five, six. Oh, my calculator isn't quite. Do- All right, divided by three hundred. Can't put it in the calculator. That's the problem with the trillion. Yeah, in my calculator you can. So it looks like everybody gets one, two, three, one, two. So everyone gets like thirty million dollars in your in your plan. No, that's not even close. More? We get more. No, you get not. You, that's not what the number comes out to be. Well, then what's the number? How much does everybody get? I mean, look, I I'm, I'm, yeah, you want me to sit here doing just, mathematical models? Just give me a, a ballpark number. I have to put the calculator up. I can't divide stuff into a, a trillion off the top of well, my head. You're, you sure can print it, Biatch. I, if I had the opportunity, <laughs> I would. So by the way, the- people do not counterfeit money on your printers. <laughs> no, very few people realize there's a code on every piece of paper. Yeah, don't be doing that. There's a code on every piece of paper you okay, print. Okay, so let me, but let me just follow through with you for a second. Okay, I'm intrigued. <clears throat> so every, let's say everyone gets uh, 30,000. Okay, there's 300 million people in the country. Mm-hmm. So if everybody got three, if there was $300 million distributed, everyone would get a dollar, right? So yeah. if there was $3 billion distributed, everyone would get $10. So you get ten. Uh, it sounds. It looks like about. I think you get three grand or thirty grand. Let me think. I think it's thirty. I think it's. I think it's thirty grand is what you're talking about. That could be. That sounds about right. But that's the first tranche. So we get thirty grand, and then we get another because you're going to do two ten trillion t- twice. Yes. So we start off with thirty grand. Is that going to help enough people? Do you think is it enough, John? You think it's going to be? Enough? I won't be kicking myself for getting thirty grand out of the blue from it with on a government check. Yeah. Now is that uh, does it just take taxes out of, it or is it just tax free money, cash, cash, maybe cash? I think it should be tax free money. Personally, yeah. Okay. And then uh, so then I, I know what I'm going to spend it on. So we spend spend that money. 
And then uh, you're going to do it again. And so right. get another 30 grand, a man, and right at, at this point, you know, it's like, I'm stoned out of my mind is where I am. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm snorting. A lot of drunks out there too. I'm, I'm hammered. And, uh, and then what, but then we, how do we still get the economic collapse? What happens? How your system doesn't, doesn't complete. It doesn't, I mean, it's just, it's unavoidable. Is that the, is that the idea? It's a cycle. That's, that, that's the great thing about cycle hmm. is that you can't do it. It's a cycle. It's like, you know, the sun, it's like, what can we do? The sun's going to come up at seven in the morning. Is there any way of getting around that? Well, you can run in the other direction, maybe, and you can put it off for a while, but it's going to come up eventually. Mm. Uh, and that's essentially what's going to happen. This just puts off the collapse that we should have next year. But will it make the collapse easier? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 60 grand? Sure. Well, but <laughs> <laughs> Makes it a lot easier. Very, very interesting. But they give it to the bankers. They, you know, they just already took no, a no, couple. Th- no, this, this is the thing that pisses me off. Can we, okay, in your system, can we take it from the bankers? That would be more fun, I, I think. think. That would be cool. That would be fun, right? It's just like you just take the bankers, sell the yachts, and then give the money to the people. That's yeah, that kind of cool. That would be cool. Idea. That would be cool. Hmm. But then again, you know, that's not, you sound like Stalin doing that. But eh, sometimes mm-hmm. you... Well, yeah. anyway, in the Netherlands, where of course they have a problem, um, the prime minister, you know, they have debates now. And it's great because you've got eight parties, which, by the way, we have lots of parties here in America too, but of course, you never see any debate between anything but the Republicans and the Democrats. Right. Uh, so they have a whole and bunch of ask parties. Ask yourself, where's Gary Johnson when they have the big uh, presidential debates? Where is he? Well, in fact, uh, Ron Paul was on The Tonight Show. With Jay Leno, uh, and the only reason Jay has him on is because uh, Ron Paul equals ratings, and uh, here was a quick conversation about why Ron Paul would not uh, go off and do a third-party run. Big question. Any chance you will run as a third party? Uh, no, not much. I have to take a rest and prepare for 2016. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, why not give it a, a shot? Oh, no? uh, third party? Sure. I'll tell you what. <laughs> the system is very biased. We, we uh, talk a lot about democracy. We send our troops overseas. We want to spread democracy. Mm-hmm. But democracy isn't all that healthy in this country because uh, if you're in a third party, an all party, um, you, you don't get in the debates. The truth is, if I would have tried in the last several years to do exactly what I had, you know, have done mm-hmm. uh, in a third party, I probably wouldn't have gotten, wouldn't have made it to your show. Yeah. But, but there is, there is, uh, you know, something about it that, and, and if you ever come to a conclusion, heaven forbid, that the two parties aren't all that different, then what is yeah. left? You know? <laughs> Uh, at least someone cares. Uh, it was nice to hear that at least someone is saying that on national television. Yeah, it was uh, amazing that he had him on. Yeah. Well, it's ratings. That's why it, it, it is ratings. Jay Leno would week, not have week, him on. It could be things yeah. are starting up. He would not have him on unless it equals ratings. So right, and their audience is all jacked up. It's perfect. So here's the prime minister of the Netherlands, uh, who is now going you know, after decommissioned. So he's still in the job, but he's not really in the job. And uh, in the debates. What are the three most important things, Mr. Prime Minister, uh, that you are going to do for the Netherlands if you are re-elected and your party is reinstated? The verkiezingen van 12 september gaan over drie dingen. Banen, banen 
and banen. Now, could you guess what that translates to? Jobs, jobs, jobs. <laughs> yes. Arbeit, Arbeit, Arbeit. Jobs, 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 jobs. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. And he pulls a classic out of the hat. A classic. Um, idiot. Total idiot. I mean, come on. That meme is dead. I mean, how, how, that, I mean, we were playing that in 2008. And now he's like, Bana, Bana, and Bana. Jeez. So well, at least he's caught up four years behind the yeah. times. You got to set your clock back four years when you go to the Netherlands. <laughs> so I found a great, a great interview. Uh, there's this uh, this guy. What is his name? He's on uh, the Fox 19 in Cincinnati. He does the um, the fact check. Ben Swan is his name. I really like this guy. Um, and by the way, he's so good. He is not long for this world. So he gets to interview the president when he's in. I guess uh, he's in Cincinnati. So the president was in Ohio, and he and the, and it's a stand up interview. So the president kind of did his thing, whatever, and he gets time with, and he did a six-minute stand-up interview with the president. The president towers over this guy. The guy's like, he kind of looks like Ryan Seacrest, little munchkin, um, but just brass balls. And he lays into the NDAA, which Obama is about to lie about. And droning American citizens. And I was just blown away that this made it, that the guy, that the Ministry of Truth allowed this to go out. Maybe they thought, ah, bull crap, Cincinnati, who cares? No one's going to watch that. Sorry. Best podcast in the universe is all over it. Uh, when you signed the National Defense Authorization Act into law, you issued a signing statement at that time that right. said you would not use that power for indefinite detention on Americans. You understood right. the concerns that people had. Yeah. Uh, a judge earlier this year issued that the administration couldn't use those powers because it's um, unconstitutional. So why are the government's own lawyers fighting that judge's order, the injunction in particular? Yeah. Well, look, uh, the basic principle here is, number one, my first job is to keep the American people safe. No, right. Number two, we've got to do it in a way that respects our values. Yeah, like um, droning people, waterboarding them. I'm sorry, enhanced interrogation. Uh, and our traditions of rule of law. Uh, <laughs> our traditions. Our tradition of torturing you. Uh, that's why I ban torture. Oh, yeah. uh, that's why uh, I've argued that we should actually close Guantanamo. Uh, but I've also said that... You know, what? I know. I know. Don't you love it? Wait, He's yeah. argued? He guaranteed he would. He didn't argue it. That's right. You can take that to the bank. Now let's listen again. We've got uh, some bad guys uh, who are down there. we got some bad guys who are down there. He sounds like George Bush now. we got some bad guys who are down there. Yeah. You know, down there, you know, uh, you know, bad guys at Folsom, <laughs> bad guys at San Quentin. We got some bad guys down there in Yemen, you know, yeah, by the, by the Aiden, the Yemen, there, down there. He sounds like Bush. I'm sorry, he just sounds like Bush. Who we may not be able to try in a traditional court, but uh, have pledged to try to hurt Americans. And so that's something that we inherited. That they pledged? Do they? Do we have? Yeah, they pledge to, to try. <laughs> they pledge to try. Well, that's even better. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of Al Qaeda to try to hurt Americans up there. Uh, I mean, where's this pledge? And so 
That's something that we inherited, that we're dealing with. Oh, we inherited that, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's not our fault. Uh, we inherited that. Americans. And so that's something that we inherited, that we're dealing with, and it's complicated. On the other it's hand, com- I- it's complicated. It's complicated, little man from the press. I can't explain. It's too complicated. I'm a lawyer. I also said was uh, a U.S. citizen can never. Uh, be subject to that kind of detention. Ooh, now this gets interesting because that's actually, if I remember it correctly, uh, and this was on the, the on the the floor of the House, uh, the White House actually specifically requested that that language be put in. Am I am I remembering this wrong, John? I vaguely remember somebody bitching about it on the floor. Congress disagreed with me, uh, and I didn't want uh, us to not be able to finance our military and pay our soldiers and our troops. Uh, so I signed the bill. But- so, whoa. So he's saying that Congress wanted that. Congress wanted to have that, you know, it, we can uh, indefinitely detain black bag, even American citizens. Uh, but I'm the president and I didn't want to hold up progress for paying our troops. So I signed it anyway. Is this the constitutional professor that I'm hearing? By actually violating the Constitution of the United States of America to which you have pledged an oath, taken an oath to uphold it because you... If I try to uphold, I think. Try to uphold. Yeah, right. Okay. What I also said was, look, uh, Look, I'm never going to use this power. I'll never. I promise. Promise. I'll never use this power. You can take that to the bank. I promise. Like, I promise to close Gitmo. I will never use this power. And, uh, you know, what I would uh, suspect is that... um, uh, the courts are going to agree with us over the long term that that is not something that you can use when it comes to U.S. citizens. Well, now, now our friend uh, from uh, wait a minute, hold on a second. He says the courts are going to agree with us that you you can't use it to, to yeah. To, in the, isn't that what he's exactly what he's fighting against? Didn't he self contradict there in that little last? Comment. Let me, well, let me hear it again. I'm not. I'm not. The quite courts sure. will agree with us. The courts are are already not agreeing with what you want to do, which is to to hold American no, I, citizens. I think what he's saying is that that he didn't agree with it, and he's. I think what he's implying is that ultimately the courts will agree that that doesn't. Well, of then course. why is his administration fighting the courts right now? Well, let's listen to it again. That's you know that that my friend is a great question. Let's listen. Uh, that I'm never going to use this power, and uh, you know what I would uh, suspect is that um, uh, the courts are going to agree with us over the long term that that is not something that you can use when it comes to U.S. citizens. Well, let me ask you then. Also- Interesting. Interesting. Hold a fast one on the little reporter. Well, but the little reporter comes back with a zinger. You can use when it comes to U.S. citizens. Well, let me ask you then also about the, the so-called presidential kill list that's gotten a lot of attention in this, <laughs> this list of, of folks who have been targeted for assassination. <laughs> if I was there, I'd be, this is what I'd be, hey, let me t- hey, dude, let me ask about your kill list Tuesdays for a second, if you don't mind. You know, like when you assassinate people with drones in other countries that they usually brown, they live in the sand. Good, I'm liking this guy. And on that list have been U.S. citizens who have not been afforded trial, including Anwar Awalaki. Uh, how do you, as president, or any president for that matter, regardless of party or person, utilize that power to assassinate even U.S. citizens? Well, first of all, you're uh, basing this on uh, reports in uh, the news that uh, have never been confirmed by me. <laughs> Until I say it happened, <laughs> it did not 
happen? So you're basing that on conjecture, rumor, and clearly you have not fact-checked your sources, son. Uh, and I don't talk about our national security. Because I don't talk about national security. <laughs> Because otherwise, I would have to kill you with a drone. Uh, decisions in that way. Uh, more broadly, though. More broadly. Uh, our goal has been to focus on al-Qaeda. No. Oh. Uh, to focus narrowly on those who would pose an imminent threat to the United States of America. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's why it's not just bin Laden, but a whole tier of al-Qaeda leadership. A whole tier of al-Qaeda leadership? Uh, has been taken off the field. Just, you know, they're no, but did you see, did you see the, the field at halftime? There was no one on the field. And uh, that's part of what has allowed us to now begin to transition out of Afghanistan to oh. begin to bring our troops home. <laughs> yeah, in 10 years. Uh, we're going to have to be vigilant uh, for the foreseeable future when it comes to terrorists, but we have to terrorists. do so in a way that is consistent with the laws of war, with international law. Uh, international law? Wait a minute. How about just getting permission from the people from Congress? How about that law? Uh, that's something we've always abided by, but beyond that, I probably can't comment on something that is specific. We've always abided by that. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the man you will be seeing speaking this evening, who, <laughs> who does not remember droning Anwar al-Awlaki. But somehow did take out the entire tier, top tier, of every player on the Al-Qaeda field. Hey, good on that guy from Cincinnati. Yeah, he's done. He's so toast. Ben Swan. He's done, that guy. Ben, ben Swan with he's double He's not going M. after Monsanto was tough on your career. Yeah, Holy no, this... mackerel. <laughs> this guy took it to a new level. And at one point... Um, I, I, I didn't. It's, you got to watch the clip. At one point, you can actually see someone going like, "Hey, your your time is up," and he just goes, "Yeah, hold on, I'm not done." <laughs> I mean, uh, hey, thank you. There's a journalist in Cincinnati, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, soon to be on WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> Six <is>, feet under. <laughs> keep, not, keep track on that guy. Uh, well, he he does the thing called um, he does a segment called fact check, and it, I have to say I'm very impressed by the guy. I like him. Yeah, well, I, I really I like enjoy him. him while you can. That's yeah. the way I, say. <laughs> I enjoy him while you can. Seriously, I have little faith. So uh, <sighs> it was a good one, was, right? Sorry, that was a good one, right? That was excellent. Yeah, that was. You want a clip of the days? No, that was your no, for? no, I'm not begging for it. No, it, it was good, but it, no, clip of the day is different. No, yeah, okay. different. Yeah. So I'm watching. I got a couple of things. Wait, let's. Uh, but would it kill you to give me clip of the day? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, never mind. I got. I got a clip of the day later. Go ahead. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. So I got uh, this guy Morsi. Morsi. Yeah, Morsi, the guy running Egypt. Oh, you gotta, yeah, you I got more tabs on no, this guy. I, this I guy's kicking some some total ass. Do you know that we're doing um, uh, military exercise right now with uh, with Egypt? Well, I wonder what that's all about. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing to see here. Just an exercise. I know the Indians and the Chinese are now doing military oh, exercise yeah. together too. Oh yeah. oh yeah. And by the way, there was some hilarious stuff with the Chinese head of min- the defense ministry in, in India and the Indian defense minister guy wearing a white shirt. And he's about four foot eight. And the, and the Chinese guy is six foot. And the little guy is just kind of drooling on himself constantly. It's unbelievable. 
But anyway, enough about the Indians. So, so I know I do know that Morsi that the rules changed and he now by himself without any of the military guys he can now say time to go to war. I, I, that I did read. That's about all I know that he's up to. Well, he's up to something big with the Arab League that is not being reported at all, mm-hmm. uh, except on Al Jazeera. Mm-hmm. And here is uh, here you you'll hear it on this clip: Egypt taking lead in Syria. Oh, wait, is this the right one? Okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Egypt was not exporting its own revolution, but that they, there needed to be an Arab solution and very much ruling out any kind of international military intervention. I have to say, he also mentioned something very interesting, and that is an impending meeting of this new quartet on Syria, which Egypt um, hopes to create, a, a quartet that would bring together Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Iran and Turkey, key regional, key neighbouring countries. Not necessarily um, a very comfortable group of countries to come together, but again, a recognition uh, by Egypt that you can't, for example, ignore Iran um, if you're hoping to find some kind of solution in Syria. So they've taken the bull by the horns and said, look, this is bull crap. We're not going to put up with this anymore. We need an Arab solution. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put together this coalition that we haven't heard about in American media. American media. No one's talking about it. Iran, Iran, I'm sorry, Iran, Iran, Turkey, Saudi Arabia and Egypt. And well, can't we get Qatar in there? No. Just throw that's them in. it. That's the deal. And we're going to stop this right now. So wait a minute. So, so who are the players again? Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, Turkey, and Iran. Huh. Have you heard this? No. I the, the whole the, the bringing the Iran thing in is uh, is new. Yeah. Well, they're always talking about it because it doesn't fit in the scripts that we've been writing. No, so that's, no. oh, maybe those will go away. So I thought that was kind of unique. <laughs> maybe kind maybe of, if we don't look, it won't actually happen. You don't look him in the <laughs> eye. <laughs> don't, don't look the Iran. Don't look the shot in the eye, man. That's when he'll strike. Wow. All right. So there's another thing. There was a report that was, I believe, this was in um, either. Uh, Bankat or Russia today, uh, the refugee camps from Syria are becoming a problem, which is worth noting. There's a clip here. Uh, refugee camps from Syria. Okay, I was looking at 24 RT. Oh, that the head of the International Committee for the Red Cross is in Damascus. They are meeting with Syrian officials who are trying to find together some kind of way of assisting these refugees and resolving the situation. I spent quite some time in those camps talking to some of these refugees, and I can back up from first-hand experience what they, as well as what humanitarian organizations are saying. What the refugees told me is that the sanitation is far from satisfactory, that very often they are standing in queues for hours waiting for food. There are not enough tents to go around. People are sleeping on the streets. I spoke to a number of women who were complaining of sexual harassment. One person perhaps put it the best. He told me that him and his family had fled Syria to escape death. But here in the refugee camps, they were dying a slow death. At the same time, there are concerns that you just need a spark to erupt into a flame. There are concerns, particularly from the Jordanian authorities, that they could be rioting. There are also concerns that there could be further clashes. So the main concern at the moment is that the situation is so volatile, you could lead to an even further, bigger humanitarian catastrophe. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is not going to end well. 
<laughs> no, but of course, this is Russia today who are exaggerating yeah, everything yeah, that's problematic. Yeah, no, obviously. Now, my favorite report, now this is, by the way, Russia today now has a complete channel on the Dish Network. So you get to watch all their kind of crazy reports, and they get to see their news anchors and all is, these different people. Is that what they replaced uh, AMC with? <laughs> probably. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. It's probably, yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, hey Ruskies, we got a whole channel over now. No one cares uh, about, bre- no one cares <laughs> about Breaking Bad. Screw AMC. Yeah. <laughs> no one cares about Breaking Bad. We don't need so, that. Uh, so this is the one. I, I got some clip, a bunch of clips, including one that I'm going to use as a competition to your clip of the day, which is later, mm-hmm. which is the useless exchange of the day clip, which you know is a new theme of mine. Yeah. But I do have this one clip that I just thought really nailed again as a very biased report on Russia today on false Syrian reports and what they think of them. Okay. We talked to a German journalist who has witnessed the conflict in Syria firsthand. He tells us why Western media coverage of the civil war is deliberately misleading. The mainstream media coverage claimed that Damascus is was at that time when the so-called Battle of Damascus. They were saying that whole Damascus is on fire. There are heavy fightings. And they were saying that now the rebels are so close to the city center, they are about to conquer now the city. The government will fall. I was inside the city, and there was no war in the city. Of course, they were in some suburbs. There are a couple of interest groups who benefit from such a politics, the big interest group of the Western government who want to have the regime changed there and who are supporting that the information you get from these countries are very much one-sided or manipulated. I spoke to a lot of people who are not... Anyway, well, manipulated. So, yeah, most, well, but the... Uh, Big the, news to no agenda, listeners. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, really, that's like the, like, the, like the any clip of the day. There's not a clip of the day. That's like, duh, like, yeah. We know that. But uh, what I'm noticing in all these Russia Today clips, where are the women hosting this? There's no women here anymore. Do they have any women still on the show? They have these women that come on. Uh, well, in fact, I do. I'll, I'll give a shot at my clip of the day. Okay. But it's a useless exchange of the day. And this is the and this theme of these clips is that this is just something stupid that, the, that came at airtime and it doesn't, you know, but play it. Okay. It's time for Katie Pilbeam, standing by the RT Business Desk. How are you today, Katie? I'm super. <laughs> no, no, that's not clip of the day. That's clip of the day. It is not clip. I'm super. She doesn't even have a Russian accent. She has a British accent. Well, all of these girls on Russia today now have British accents, as they do on uh, the Van Cats. It's that, all... that is not clip of the day. That's no. no, I'm sorry. That is not clip of the day. Wow. I can't believe you threw that at me. Um, I, I would like to talk briefly about what I think is another bullcrap story about uh, this uh, unique device ID theft, so-called, from a FBI laptop. Oh yeah, this is a great story. I'm surprised I didn't follow up on it. Well, so he, here's what I, here's here's my take on it. So <clears throat> I have not downloaded the file. Well, why don't you explain to people who don't yeah. know the story? Because okay. I don't know if it's generally uh, it has been discussed in the major media, but so I so from what I understand, anonymous. Um, uh, hacked uh, or had a uh, an FBI... Wasn't it that other group, Synanon or some uh, other... Yeah, whatever. Some hacker group. <sighs> I don't really like the name hacker group. 
Um, they have, uh, they say they have three terabytes of, uh, of FBI data. And as a part of that, they have 12 million unique device IDs. Um, in this case from Apple iPhones. I'm pretty sure Android has it as well. Every mobile phone has a UDID. Uh, but associated in this database, name, address, uh, all kinds of uh, personal details. And um, so this, uh, I'm not quite sure where the story is going, but the way it's being presented is that the FBI uh, is tracking your phone. And I'm going to say that I don't know if they got this. I, I don't think they got this from the FBI at all. I think they just got this from one app and one app only, and that's Facebook. And Facebook is the FBI. And the, F, the, the director of the FBI is roaming around the hallway saying hi to Mark in the Time magazine article. That the, the Facebook, they just came out with a new upgraded app, you'll remember, the new Facebook app. This is the, the app that is stealing all of your information. So it's not really for, it's not like some big leak at the FBI. It's like if you could be right. I mean, I'm not going to s- deny the possibility. And you have to admit that the timeline thing, which has everybody bent out of shape, is pretty much, you know, it looks like a dossier to me. Then it looks like anything you'd be proud to have up. Exactly. So, but I'm saying it's Facebook. It's it. it in fact, they even say uh, it's. I think they even say in their paste bin note or whatever. I say, you know, it's uh, this all this data came from one app, you know, and we're not going to say what it is. But, yeah, of course, it can only be Facebook. That's the only one. And they have your real name. Oh, surprise, surprise. So and where's the outrage? (laughs) If it's Facebook, it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man, it's the FBI tracking me. Oh, outrage, outrage. Alert Alex Jones. It's the second time you mentioned it. It's funny, but only when we do it like this. Hello, alert InfoWars. <laughs> it's only funny when I do it like that. Like, because I'm sick and tired of all the, the fake outrage and the real things, the real bull crap that is taking place. We, you know, we, we, this is like, it's like a double whammy. We're being put to sleep by people who are supposed to be waking up. Does that make any sense? They're, they're, you know, the, I like, like that. I like that little phrase. Yeah. You're being put to sleep by people who are supposed to be waking you up. Yeah, but that's it's ex- like a catchphrase. Yeah. Well, I hey, I'll use it in the newsletter. Yeah, good one. But that's exactly the way it feels with a lot of yelling and in your face and you know and just and it's it's all over the place. But it's not, there's no real thought going into it. And then the things that are really, really, really blatant. It's like who gives a shit? Just fly, floats right on by. It's all good. No, that would be Facebook. I'm pretty so sure. So I'm stuck. Sure. By the way, Gazprom is being investigated coincidentally by the Europeans now for gouging. Uh-huh. Anyway, just a little note. Seems to be falling in line with all the other crap going on. So I, I took the leap. And uh, I watched the – well, I couldn't actually watch a whole episode. I watched a couple of beginnings and I shook my head and said, wow. What are you talking the- about? What, what, did, what did you watch, man? Honey Boo Boo. What? Yeah. What is this Honey is the Boo top Boo? Sh- this, is the, this is the show that is kicking ratings butt on cable. The new reality show, Honey Boo Boo. Wait a minute. Honey, I've not heard of this. 
Yeah, I got you. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, I'm too busy watching CNBC where they have uh, Kim Kardashian. You're missing out on, here, play the Honey Boo Boo <laughs> Roadkill clip. Oh, God. We got a connection with deer because uh, we love to get roadkill and we like to clean it, grind it up, process it, put it in the freezer, and then on the weekends we grill out and have a good time. Oh, okay. So this is what you all laugh at, but in 2017, you'll be knocking on this idiot's door saying, dude, you got any roadkill for me because I'm hungry. Is that what this is about? Is that what this show is about? Oh, how stupid is this? No, the show's not about that. Oh. The show is about this little girl who is a pageant. It's it's like just taking tiaras and toddlers and focusing on one of the little girls who has this huge fat mother and a bunch of fat sisters. And they're all a bunch of white trash and obviously Republicans. There's some implication in that Uh regard. Uh And they're all centered around this little uh, pageant girl who is Uh a who's it's just you, you watch this and you go. JC said that he says he's now convinced that all reality TV shows are just to make people feel better about themselves because they they do not show there's nothing uplifting about any of this. Uh, yeah. but, but just to hear what the soundtrack <laughs> looks like, play HBB and the Pig. But it's a lot more work than we thought. Hopefully, it gets easier. I think Gucci is really part of the family. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying something? I, I, I'm sorry, that was Nancy Pelosi uh, giving her speech. I, 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 this, this is Are you ready? <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, I, I know Smash is coming back. Uh, <laughs> Won't hold a candle, a honey boo-boo. And it's going to be better than ever. And by the way, the, the opening <laughs> sequence... It has them all standing out in front of the house, and, and it incorporates a fart. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how wow, bad it is. Wow, wow. Okay. Um, however, um, I'm going to have, and you know, we are equal partners on this show. Uh, and I feel that uh, at least once a year, um, each partner can forbid something. <laughs> And so I'm I'm calling my veto card on the show, just like the Security Council, and I'm vetoing any further clips from Honey Boo Boo. Is that fair enough? Can I? Is that okay? Do you mind? Let's okay, okay, yeah. You want to play that game? You can play that game. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what you ban for me. Okay, all right. Um, okay, then here's my contender for the clip of the day. So uh, this was the CBS Morning Show, and I think it was Labor Day when they had, uh, like, the B team in. And they had this doctor in, or this scientist, or whatever the hell he was, and he's written a book about um, wheat. Did you know that wheat is poison? I've heard this uh, this guy before. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I think I've seen this. I, go on, play the clip. I, yes, I know wheat is poison. Why, in your estimation, is wheat so bad? It's not wheat. It's an 18-inch tall plant created by genetics research in the 60s and 70s. This thing has many new features nobody told you about, such as there's a new protein in this thing called gliadin. We're not talking about gluten, so I'm not addressing the people who have gluten sensitivities and celiac disease. I'm talking about everybody else, because everybody else is susceptible, for instance, to the gliadin protein that is an opiate. 
This thing binds to the opiate receptors in your brain and in most people stimulates appetite such that you and I consume on average 440 more calories per day, 365 days per year. I love this and that the, the, the now the genetically modified wheat is a drug. And and it and it and it works with the neuroreceptors in your brain and makes you want to be. A That's honey why boo-boo. you like to eat that bread, or uh, a shredded wheat, or uh, any. I mean, yeah. But the bread, yeah. I mean, uh, this is this was news to me. I bet you you're hungry right now. <laughs> Would it be possible to turn back the clock and go back to the old wheat? I mean, is that scientifically possible at this point in time? It's very possible. It's economically unfeasible, probably, because this thing yields about tenfold more per acre. And so we have to ask farmers to do to take a, a loss in effect. We'd have to, to ask agribusiness to revert back to old seeds. They can do it. They probably won't do it. Now we have sparked a movement and we are having a lot of people. They're having record drops in sales because of this, because so many people. I think what's driving this is the tidal wave of change. If three people lost eight pounds, well big deal. This thing just dies and fizzles, right? But we're seeing hundreds of thousands of people losing 30, 80, 150 pounds. Diabetics becoming no longer diabetic. People with arthritis having dramatic relief. People losing their legs, swelling, acid reflux, irritable bowel syndrome, depression, on and on and on. Wow. So to me, I was like, wow, if we just stop eating wheat, <laughs> we'll be okay. I mean, wheat isn't a lot of things, though. It's it, it shows up in a lot of stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, especially the American <laughs> wheat. If you eat, now, the Europeans still grow old kinds of wheat. Especially the the bread makers have their own wheat right, right. sources, uh, but we just crank this 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 wheat out, this white this wheat. Yeah. I'm not giving you clip of the day. No, I don't need clip of the day. Oh, by the way, Mr. Oil, who speaks Russian, uh, he has a uh, response from Gazprom about the inquiry. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to do it with a Russian accent? <clears throat> yeah. EU has no rule of us. So please keep your comments to your tabloids. <laughs> that's that's Gazprom. Oh. <laughs> Shut up, slave. That's basically what they say. Wow. Okay, thanks, Mr. Oil. Um, just some late stuff before we get out of here. Um, got a, a nice note. One of our producers was, because uh, people have gotten interested in, in the books that we discuss on this show. And uh, a lot in, in droves now, there seems to be a, a run on uh, It Can't Happen Here. From uh, Sinclair Lewis. Right, 1935. And 1935. And uh, so there is a, uh, a Wikipedia about this. And let me just find the relevant article because this is very funny. Uh, uh, here it is. Inspired by the book, director-producer Kenneth Johnson wrote an adaptation titled Storm Warnings in 1982. The script was presented to NBC for production as a television miniseries, but the MT, MT, the NBC executives rejected the initial version, claiming it was too cerebral for the average American viewer. Like, shut up, slave, we don't want them to know what's going on. To make the script more marketable, the American fascists, it says in Wikipedia, were recast as man-eating extraterrestrials taking the story into the realm of science fiction. The new recast story... Then aired, premiered in 1983 as the miniseries, John? V. V. Did you know that? Yeah. Did you know that it was based on uh, It Can't Happen Here? Well, I knew it as of a week ago when somebody sent me an email mentioning it. 
<laughs> I didn't know it when I was watching V. I know, but it, it's funny because, yeah, in some regards, it, it is kind of V. Um, I think the book is better. Yeah, well, I hope. <laughs> it's something dreamed up by a bunch of suits at NBC. I like it, though. I like that, that, I like that that's what it turned out to be. Uh, all right. All right. So um, uh, it's I, I think we can play the summary of the convention again if you want to. I mean, yeah. at least uh, yeah. now, it deserves a second play. I would like to do that. And, uh, well, it's going to be hard once again. Uh, there we go. I can't hear you. <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> our fish and our timber. <laughs> what was that? This was on there. I don't know. No, that's your yip yip clip. I don't know what it is. Yip yip is that? This is a clip. Uh, you know, I remember there was a bunch of complaining about mocking what the sounds Indians make, and because uh, huh. it's racist or whatever. Yeah. But I found I, I saw there, there actually there was this really cool sound that Indians some Indians make. There was this wasn't there was an Indian woman standing close. You can't hear the clip very well, but you, if you listen hard, you can. She goes woo, and then she goes yip yip. In some very melodic way, which is, it, she's an Indian. She's like a, a princess-looking Indian. And she makes the sound, and I saw that, and I, and I showed it to JC. I said, look, that's the sound that they're always saying you can't make, or you're making fun of them, uh, of Indians, American Indians, Native Americans. Oh, but, okay, Native American Indians. Okay, got it. Yeah, Native American Indians. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is this is actual audio of Elizabeth Warren proving that she's Native American. Our fish and our timber. Yeah, I heard it. Did you hear that little whoop, whoop? Yep, yep, I sure did. Well, I think we need to uh, vacate the space, uh, John. And uh, the reason being that we uh, were long again. Yeah, too long today. A little too long. Um, but we'll be back, uh, no doubt. Uh, we'll have some kind of wrap-up of that convention thing in my Bobby. <sighs> I'm, I'll be happy when that is over. Yeah, I have something on Sunday to, to discuss about why I think that Democrats can really beat the Republicans badly. You know, uh, no, we'll see if you can make me care because I'm really way beyond it. Well, I'm not voting for either one of them. I've said that before, and I'll say it again. Yeah, exactly. It's a war criminal versus a wannabe war criminal. The way I see it, <laughs> this is the way it goes. Did you just say a war criminal versus a wannabe war criminal? I yeah. love it. All right. Hey, you know, I'd vote for you if you went up there and said, I'm giving everybody $30,000, and I'm going to do it twice. Now, that would die. that would get the vote out. <laughs> I think uh, you'd be in the pocket, baby. So we'll be back on uh, Sunday. So just a couple days from now, right here. And uh, coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star States, Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the sun is shining and everyone's happy, I'm John C. Dvorak. Remember us at Dvorak.org slash NA. We'll be back right here on Sunday with no agenda. And Bob Dole, whose moderation and common sense wisdom have been repudiated by the Republican Party and replaced by the extremism of Ayn Rand, Rush Limbaugh, Glenn Beck, Sam Brownback, the best podcast in the universe, and the Koch brothers. I can't hear you. Dvorak.org slash N-A